Welcome back, everybody, to The Suspense is Killing Us. It's me, your co-host, Kevin Clark. Across the table from me... Travis Vote. Yeah, next to me and Travis. Katie Corner for both of us. <clears throat> Matt Lynch, hi. Hi. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Travis didn't say hi. You said hi. Jeez. Well, let's get this out of the way. It's Travis's birthday today. Happy right. birthday, Travis. Thanks. Birthday, He's 28 Travis. years Thanks, old. Not when this goes up, but today when we're recording. He's 47 years old. He's Thanks for bringing old. one beer to split between the three of us and some really <laughs> disgusting booze. We should have brought this. Here's to Methuselah uh, I, over I, here. I, I truly feel celebrated. Matt suggested stopping to get beer, and then I was like, I just didn't, and I didn't even think about it. Good job, Kevin. Uh, we were late. That's fine. And we were late, too. And you were late. And so, we didn't bring you a cake or anything. It would be weird if we celebrated my birthday in any other way than you guys profoundly Failing. disappointing me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and going and Kevin going like, maybe I should do... Nah. Yeah. Or, no, just, or just forgetting. Matt just suggested getting beer not because it was your birthday. It's the 14-year anniversary of our trip to Europe. Oh, my God. <laughs> 14 years. It is. Yeah. And only one of us looks okay still. <laughs> yeah. Only one of us hasn't Wait, uh, who is it? rotted away into decrepitude. <laughs> Which one is I'm going to leave that mm-hmm. for the listener to decide. Oh. <laughs> but there can be only one. We I all know this. I know who it is. Uh-huh. Oh, man. We all know who it is. <laughs> we all know who it is. I know which I one of us still looks good. I just know it's not me. It's like Clue. It sure it's isn't. like Clue where there's three it's different like, endings. So like whichever clue. one you like, I guess. <laughs> I watched that movie again recently. It's a great movie. Speaking of Clue. Like, people have been saying that. I love it. <laughs> you don't like it? I didn't dislike it. I think it's hilarious. But I remember that movie kind of appearing, and it, it was one of those ones that, that kind of gained momentum afterwards. Ugh. And I feel like a lot, like even in the, in the last like decade, people are going like, you know, Clue is a fucking masterpiece, actually. I yeah. think and I was really like, really? Funny. Clue? And then I watched it again like three weeks ago, shown to me by a friend of mine who thinks that the Clue is a masterpiece, and I was kind of like, well, it's fine. You're making me so mad was, right now. I didn't think it was bad. You're infuriating me. It's I, not uh, that Flames? They're Flames? Yeah. On the side of my face. But you can't hit me on my birthday. Those are our rules. That's, that's the one rule. I'm going to be really pushing Matt to the limit today because like, he knows we have a contract and he can't hit me on my I love, birthday. I love that Tim Curry in that movie. Oh, Tim Curry's fucking great in it. You're, I'm but Butler. What other, do you do here? I Butler. Yeah. I've only seen that movie once stuff. like two oh, years man. ago. And that's already and a joke from, uh, from that yeah, movie. Yeah, it's with, another joke. Yeah. I'm indifferent to Clue. I'm going to be honest. I don't I'm dislike about there it. With Michael McKeon is great in it. I just yeah. the shtick. I just like the repeating jokes. It, it reminds me of an episode of like of it reminds me of like a stretch of episodes of Arrested Development where they just keep doing the same shtick over and over and over again. It keeps calling back and wrapping around on itself. It has a manic energy to yeah, it. I like it. I, I will suppose. say I will say Tim Curry dynamite. He's great. easily the also the Lee, Lee Ving as Mr. Body from from the punk band Fear. Mr. Body. He's oh, also in, he's also oh, in Repo Man. Yeah, he's in Repo Man. He's in Get Crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. who, who's the classic uh, comedy lady who's in it too? She's funny. There's Madeline, Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn. There's Madeline Kahn is yeah, the she lady does who Mr. turns Flames out on the side of my face. She's Come the on. lady who, like, mildly, just sort of blandly, and it gets passed over really quick. Admits that she cut off her husband's fucking head and dick. <laughs> and his dick. And they're like, yeah, okay. Anyways, moving on. And she, like, she, she cut she off a man's really, uh, head and dick. <laughs> she does it in this really corny, like, '80s, like, chaste way. She's like, well, I cut off his. Uh, 
you know. And then you know what? And then I'm going like, what? Get her out. Like, lock her in a room. Or She cut off a fucking guy's head. And his dick. They're all just like, oh. Dick. He had well, it coming. What a, what a way was, to lose one's head. He was fucking the maid. That's just the most morbid he thing. He was fucking the have. maid in the movie. I, you, I'm just saying, kill a person all you like, but to ki- cut someone's fucking head off, I don't know which which one bothers me more. Probably the head. How many times did he do the really? communism I mean, is just, just a red honestly, herring? The yeah, idea of cutting movie. someone's head off, just think of the work that you have to put into that. Mm-hmm. Don't be... Come on. This you, is gotta, the, well, you need, you a, you need a saw, or like at least a very sharp serrated blade. Yeah. A steak that knife. Thing is really, you need something that can cut through bone. Yeah. yeah. You could probably cut off a dick in a fairly, like, you, you know, cut you a dick a off with a blade. Yeah, there's no, there's no could, dick bone. You could probably even, like, look away or whatever. You got to really put your work into cutting a guy's You can cut a off. dick off real. I mean, you. I assume you can cut a dick off real easily. No, you, you can. can cut off a dick real easily. I get your dick. I get your dick get with your nail dick. polish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. And on yeah. that note, that let's, note uh, let's get like into our movies. movies. Let's get into our movies today. We're talking about movies. What are we doing today? Today, we are gonna do uh, what are we calling these? Are we are we sticking with wannabe Chinatowns? I yeah, like. Yeah, it. it doesn't feel right to call them like Chinatown ripoffs, even though that's what they are. Because two right. two, two of them are very good. And movies. wannabe makes it seem like they want to be Chinatown, but they're not as good. But I think two of them are actually as good or better than Chinatown, and one of them is not even close. Not at all. <laughs> well, that, well, that just because I think Chin- Chinatown is a fucking great movie, and yeah. so it's really a testament to the quality of two of the movies that we watched. Yeah, yeah. That they are like. In the in its ballpark, I mean, for one sure. of them is one of my favorite movies of all time. One of Mahal them, and Falls is one of your favorite movies. Of oh, all time? so our Heaven. movies today are Mahal and Falls, my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> Mahal wow, and, number one, Mahal and Falls, Devil in a Blue Dress, and Who, Who Framed, Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit. Ah, uh, so and of uh, course we usually go chronologically, but you just it's going to be all out of order. When the last, out of order. When oh, no, chronologically, the last movie that we do is um, like a piece of shit or a stinker, and then we're doing other good ones. We got yeah. we can't do it no, that we way. Can't we can't switch way. it up, and we can't possibly. All three of us love <laughs> Frame Roger Rabbit, so we can't possibly start no. with that. So we're going reverse we're going chronology, reverse starting with the dud, and then and then building up. Does to anyone remember watching Mulholland Falls? Even though we all Travis just watched, watched it most it. recently, I think I probably liked it the most of you three or us three and uh but it's not to say that i liked it either i like i want you to refer you to guys, us as you, you refer- three from now on you, th- you three <laughs> los angeles 1953 we don't want organized crime in la if you break the law you'll have to answer to a special squad of detectives well, this is no holland falls jack <laughs> you guys can't do this this is america this isn't america jack <laughs> this is la with their own brand of justice. Four men, no politics, no favors. We answer to nobody. Now. Is this the way you found her? Yeah, she's just like this. They're on the verge of a conspiracy. They killed her up there. Who? Does Thomas Kim's ring a bell? He's uh, one of the inventors of the A-bomb. Far beyond their reach. Like, I I was getting texts from you guys that were going like, oh, what a piece of shit and stuff like that. And and so maybe that was just because I was expecting a piece of shit. And I put it on. I was like, oh, it's fine. It's, uh, I'll tell you, Mulholland Falls, I I saw it in the theater when I was in high school. And I remember two things about it. Jennifer Connelly naked and that I fell asleep watching it in the theater. Mm. Those were the two things I remembered. So watching it again was kind of a revelation. I was like, oh, that's what this is about. Okay. Jennifer Connelly naked a lot in this movie. In one of the most, in one of the most thankless and sad roles I've ever seen like a major movie actress in before. You're like, 
what the fuck was Jennifer Connelly doing in this movie? She doesn't even have any lines was, until well into the movie. Was, she, she wasn't has famous like again lines. until yeah. Beautiful Mind. Like yeah. she was, you know, in the dregs for years. She's done career opportunities. Right. That was where and she the blew up. Lab- Labyrinth. She blew up in those movies, and then like kind of just like languished in yeah. in the doldrums for a long time, and then A Beautiful Mind blew her back up again. When yeah. was when was Dark City? Oh, that was a little so after that. Beautiful, so beautiful Mind was 99. Dark City, a favorite of right? both me and Travis. What about Inventing the Abbots? That's a movie nobody's ever <laughs> inventing heard Inventing the Abbots, you bastards. <laughs> that was probably like 1999, Can we talk I about bet. Inventing the Abbots? That sounds like a 1999 movie through so, and through. Uh, yeah. Ma- Ma- Name another movie. It's from 1999. Fair enough. Phantom Menace. Wow. 1999. See, you see, you can't name a movie that isn't from 1999. All movies from 1999. Yeah. All of them are. Uh, uh, so the thing about Mulholland Falls, which I think is interesting, is... You found something interesting about... Yeah, kind of. We, we you know, we called this episode sort of vaguely wannabe Chinatowns, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a there's sort of a rich tradition of these, like, 90s and 2000s, you know, 40s set neo-noirs. That's the thing they all have in common, is that they're, like, 40s, so 40s post, post-World post War II, L.A. 40s noirs and 50s. That are, yeah. And they so. tend to have, you know, sort of this subtextual thing going on there either about uh, you know the way that uh, race was integrated into modern society or mm-hmm. capitalism or mm-hmm. or they'll use the changing society as a metaphor for something else or or the war or the fallout from the war as a metaphor for a larger sociological idea. They're about conspiracies of power, but that power always reflects something else. Yeah, something like even right. more. And, and Chinatown specific. is is the sort of the perfect example of this, with the right. water and the irrigation of California standing in for you know, and and, and as a parallel to you know uh, Noah Cross's incest and his is complete complete moral decay, decay. and uh, just essentially evil yeah. co- corruption and unaccountability and unaccountability yeah Which, this wh- dude this dude right. is running rant like um, and John Houston in Chinatown is just has all the money and does it can can and will do anything anything yeah. he wants all and, of and, the most and will gladly tell you that he yeah. can He's and will do jubilantly he does it yeah. yeah yeah as does another villain in one of these movies uh, we'll yeah. get to later but Mulholland <laughs> oh Falls would oh love to be doing that yeah. and completely fails to. Yeah, it like really completely fails really to. Doesn't. And it has like this it great wants to. Pulitzer Prize winning novelist Pete Dexter wrote this movie. Oh shit. Yeah. He also wrote a he wrote a novel called Paris Trout. Maybe not Pulitzer Prize, maybe he won the National Book Award for Paris Trout. Anyway. Ugh, that's a stinker of a prize. Yeah. He, <laughs> he won the the Caldecott Nas- National Book Award. <laughs> Cad- Cadbury Medal. Cadbury Medal. <laughs> first, so. first prize. Caldecott? Yeah. <laughs> That's for, that's for children's books. Yes, he won the PBR Blue Ribbon for uh, Caldecott. Paris Caldecott was for the art, and Newberry was for but this, the. This is a well-respected right. writer. He'd written. He wrote a book called Deadwood, what uh, the Walter Hill movie Wild Bill was based on. I mean, he's he, wow. you know, this is no slouch, uh, and uh, the movie doesn't have anything to say about its time about its characters it kind of lurches toward this it, idea of like this sort of toxic masculinity that is yeah. ruined to these characters but it doesn't really it kind of throws that away pretty quickly it, it like it like for me watching it was like uh, LA Confidential came out a year after this yeah. and it feels like well, that's the movie they were trying to make here right they were trying to make something but they didn't have anything to say so they didn't make that and then LA Confidential you're like oh yeah okay this is the movie you yeah. were trying to make about how about police corruption in in LA in the in the 1950s, and all, not just police corruption, but like just like, like the sort soul, of the, the, corrupted the, corruption, soul. the corrupted soul of Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. 
It also kind of aggressively refuses to be exciting, like at all. <laughs> there's never like if, 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 when, when it feels like there's going to be stakes, nothing happens. Yeah, a lot of the stuff is resolved and very like tr- like the big showdown between the main bad guy and and the main good guy is like a very like they're practically friendly with each other. That feels and like he's it just should like, happen. Let him go. Like at the forty-five minute mark of yeah. the movie, and then it'll go somewhere from here. But yeah. the digressions were my favorite part of the movie, maybe too, because there's that whole not, weird... a, not the scenes where Jennifer Connelly has sex with. Well, no, I mean John Malkovich and Nick Ugh. Nolte. God. The thing yeah, that the gross. thing that everybody wants to see. Uh, so so there's ah, like that whole give scene. A, give me a Jennifer. <laughs> where they're like, ah, this I'm is good. Come, this I'm is gonna come on you right I'm now. Come right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn. God damn it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in you right now. Oh, well, is that oh, your Malkovich? Not bad. It's not bad. Me and Matt were just talking about how we are completely incapable is of doing Malkovich's. Uh, yeah, I can do. I can do. You okay might be Malkovich. better than. It's yeah. fine. It's I'm an gonna okay, Malkovich. Well, I, I certainly can't do John. I'll do Malkovich, Malkovich in this one of the scenes. And it was, uh, I'm not doing it at all. I'm not gonna try. That's no. Malkovich when he's dying in this Malkovich. movie. He's fine. There's like one scene in, earlier where he seems okay, and then I mean, I guess that he was pretending, and then and then you see him like five minutes later in a different scene, which I think takes place like the next day, and he's like. I'm dying of cancer now very quickly. <laughs> he's walking around with a cane the day. He's walking around with a cane the day before and then he's like now I'm dying. Yeah, I mean now I'm dying. Uh no, but there's a scene there's a scene in this where all, like, all the cops are driving around the hat squad or whatever they're called and I call them and can, 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 can say, I think they in real life were called the hat squad. The hat squad. Right? Yeah. Oh, this was, is kind of based on a real Yeah, yeah uh, it's like I think the, That's why there's so much like, emphasis in the movie about them not taking their hats off. Yeah, yeah, and I believe Gangster Squad is maybe based on the same that movie Gangster Squad is maybe based around the same shit cuz these were guys these were the guys that were in here like LA Confidential touches on it where it's like they were they were like the LA organized was crime like was trying really, to move into LA and, and they, the cops, and LA, were, the like, cops were like absolutely no. not so they, that's why the opening scene where they throw the dude down the hill yeah they were like that's like that's what these guys supposedly they were like a bunch of tough cops were out there going like no we don't want organized crime here and they were we'll kill you bad guys to, yeah and there's, there's folks like that in LA Confidential too but they don't really have an opinion on like sometimes people in this in this movie are going like you guys are out of control and the, but like the movie I don't feel like takes a stance whether, on whether or not these guys are good or bad or anything well LA Confidential has something LA Confidential say. very much lets you know exactly where it's coming from <laughs> yeah. well um, you know, we're, we don't have to get too much into that one of my favorite movies of all time. But, no, no, but I think that I mean, it's I, interesting I, I you want to bring talk- up that movie Gangster Squad, which is like an, also another notorious flop, and yeah. uh, that's actually somehow more exciting than this. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, but anyway, I was getting so there's a scene where they're all driving around, and this is like my favorite thing about this movie, kind of in like not that I that I didn't like, but that was like the kind of the most notable thing is that like they have these scenes where there's like this great uh, who did the score I can't remember Alan Silvestri there's a cool the score is like but it's constantly like booming and then they'll cut there's a scene where they're driving around and they're like making fun of Chaz Palminteri for going to see a therapist and then he's like hey how come uh, Nick Nolte how come you always get to drive I want to drive maybe I could drive and it's like a five minute scene where they're talking about driving and then it does cut. that it cuts and he's driving and he parks the car and crashes into a, a, another car and then uh, Michael Madsen goes that's why uh, you he does that's why he gets to drive and you're like, what was? What is this even? Setup. What is this doing in this movie? <laughs> way to go a long way with that one. The total timing of what this is this scene doing also this reminded me of something that we, I think, we talked about recently <laughs> on the podcast, where uh, where Homer and Lisa are driving, and yeah. Lisa's like, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to listen to this, and he's like, Well, if you want to, when, you when you're driving, you can listen to what you want to, and then it one, cuts to her. One of driving. my top ten Simpsons jokes. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
But, I just uh, love that cut where it cuts to her listening to Saint Elmo's Fire, and he goes, "Oh, I can't take it. I, I can't take it anymore." And you're like, "Wait, so he's letting his daughter just drive the car?" <laughs> she seems to be doing. Fun. I love it. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same gag. How does she reach the pedals? <laughs> it's the same fucking joke in this, except it sucks. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what well, I kind of also at the end of that Simpsons episode, Lisa isn't killed. That's right. Oh, I want to talk about the well, the most the most enjoyable part of this movie, and you got to be you kind of got to go searching, but is the the hat squad as you call it I call them the voice squad because yeah. it's all a bunch of guys with very distinctive voices can you voices. talk about like, the spaghetti scene Nick Nolte Michael, Michael Madsen Jazz Parliamentary Chris Penn Chris Penn hey me Chris don't Penn don't you fucking hurt my dad Larry stop pointing that fucking gun at my dad he's constantly screaming why people. don't you tell me what really happened and Chris Penn and uh, Michael Madsen just, uh, just I don't know I don't know if we're gonna do this the whole plot and the, there's not much to the plot but uh, we'll, we'll get into the Chaz plot. is kind of like the main guy of the of the voice squad and then Chris Penn and Michael Madsen disappear for like, like a yeah. huge it, it, jump honestly, they're not even around for the climax it almost yeah, feels like it. the movie was like reshot or not it feels reshot, like but like a lot was cut out like of this the, movie. the ending of the movie because like at the towards the end of the movie when Nick Nolte's kind of going off on his own then Chaz Palminteri shows up and goes like you're not going to do it by yourself and you're like where are the other two guys yeah. and they they just aren't they just aren't in it for some reason you feel like it's like because they're a team the whole time they're always these four guys driving around in these cars having <laughs> inane conversations and it's not in like a fun way like you know Tarantino had popularized at by that sure. point of like. You know the sort of Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction patter, and I feel like almost this movie's trying to do that, but with like '50s cops, and it just doesn't fucking work. There's just not a lot of spark to the script. I didn't feel it's not even bad enough or cheesy which is, enough. Which to is weird like, because I mean they got a good writer behind this. Yeah, it's, kinda, it's all very tepid. It's, yeah. it's kind of weird considering it's kind of trying to be very hard boiled. Well, they're all it's very. Not, it is not. It is refusing to do so. All the guys in it are all kind of like. Except for Chaz Palminteri, who I think is kind of fun in this movie because he's Chaz like he's like goofy a little bit. He is playing Brick Tamlin from Anchorman. <laughs> he is. He's this like, is Anchorman. He's like, Years later, I will be diagnosed as mentally retarded. <laughs> so he's he's but he's like he is like special or something like that. Something. And he's, he's childlike. Well, he's, Michael Madsen and, and Chris Penn are kind of barely in it. They're just sort of they're just being a Michael Madsen and Chris Penn types, and they're just in the car a couple times, and then they disappear, and then after Jazz Palminteri dies, spoiler, um, they come back and are like, funeral. "Shame that Jazz Palminteri died." There, huh? there aren't even any real roles to play yeah. in this. I mean, like even Nick Nolte, who arguably has the most to do, he's the star of the movie. He's the star of the movie, one, and it, the one name above the credits. His character has the most stuff to do is really kind of ill-defined and Nolte's kind of bad in it even though he's doing like it's his not, Nolte shtick it's not a role that Nolte should be playing there's that scene where I, I don't even remember what character it is is like confronting Nick Nolte with with how you know he's concealing his affair with Jennifer Connelly from his wife Melanie Griffith who oh man what a thankless role Melanie Griffith has in this oh, movie the poor yeah. women in this movie I feel so sorry <laughs> yeah. for every woman in this movie but he's like <laughs> Nick Nolte is like you know uh, I fell in love with her and then uh, we, I fucked her and then uh I didn't want to tell my wife about it because that's just cruel. Yeah. And it's like a whole, he's got like a whole monologue about how it'd be cruel to tell his wife about this affair. And it's just like, all right, well, I guess. Uh, yeah. And Chaz Palminteri, like like a six-year-old or something, was like, why aren't you going to tell her, boss? Why aren't you going to tell her, <laughs> Well, you're not going to well, tell her? because it would be I cruel. I fucked her. Break her fucking heart, Chaz. God damn it. Yikes. God. <laughs> 
Well, he's not quite that Nick Nolte, but he's on his way in this movie. There's he's a, on his way. There's one great scene with Chris Penn and uh, and Michael, Michael Madsen, though, where they're at that place. They're, they, they're, they're supposed to be watching. With they're McCarthy. supposed to be watching Andrew McCarthy. Uh, Andrew McCarthy, McCarthy the way, that's right. Actually, is playing giving, this really yeah. terrible swishy gay man. Yeah. And it's the only time I've ever been like, man, Andrew McCarthy isn't boring me to death, but he does suck. Mm. Very bad. Very it's like bad. a little bit. They get, like I, I saw that character, and, and it's and it's like a pretty sub- substantive role for a time, and he has to do a lot. And I was like, they gave this role to Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, I mean, he tries. Somebody lost a bet. He's not or a good. Him or something, he's not a very so. good actor. No. I mean, I don't know if when the last I, time you saw Less Than Zero was. It, it's one of the worst performances you'll see a professional actor. I just get. always compare him to like a piece of blank paper because it's like, who cares? <laughs> There's nothing there. There's nothing there. And you hear that? This, one of, those, this is one of those movies that time forgot. Oh, absolutely! This Nobody one? remembers this shit. Yeah, no, but uh, I barely remember what happened in it. I watched it three weeks there's ago. There's a great, there's a great scene where they're like getting, they're like at this, um, oh, they're hold, they're hold up with uh, Andrew McCarthy at yeah. this like beach house. And they're talking it's about like cooking, and they're cooking. No, and then uh, Ed Lauder scene, yeah, brings that brings out a bunch of. They're talking about chili. He's like, "Yeah, here's my chili. Yeah, here's some chili." And he's like, got his back to the window, and you're like, "Oh, this guy's in it now." And then he immediately gets fucking mowed <laughs> down by machine away. guns. <laughs> <laughs> He's like you gonna, you guys are really gonna enjoy my chili. It might not look good, but it's just there's two kinds of meat in it. There's chicken and there's beef. Oh, now there's ladder in it too. Oh no, my and guts are in the chili. And now. there's chili and blood everywhere. It was yeah. great. And then uh, you know, so uh, the plot of this movie is that they find a dead body and it's Jennifer Connelly and she's that, been that is one smash. She's yes. she is dead in like a fucking real. Mm-hmm. It's fairly revolting too because she they don't know this at first because uh, for whatever reason they just can't figure out why she's basically in a hole in the she's, ground. Pulverized. And every single, she's basically yeah. been turned to dust. And they're like, well, I don't know how this happened. They to pick her. up her arm. Maybe she was run over like, by a. Like I mean, it's kind of cool. They maybe she was run over by a like, steamroller uh, or something like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh that's, that's actually a something. Judge. That's actually something a guy says in the movie too. Yeah. Like, what is a steamroller? No, he goes, yeah, but he goes like, could it be some of your things? And he's like, Yeah, it could have been that thing. And it's like the steamroller with a bunch of spikes on it. But it's like, but that would have punctured a bunch of holes in her. They're all. It's like a bunch of construction guys and like five or six cops all standing around this dead woman in a hole, going like. None of them, until a certain point, are like reacting in any way except like, yep, there she is. And Pick someone picks up her arm. arm. It's, it's, like it's actually rubber. pretty grotesque. They yeah. pick up her arm and it goes like... And like yeah. flops over, yeah. And, I, and that was like the one of the few scenes in the movie where I was like, "Jeez, yeah." Because I mean, it's 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 trying to. Be, I was I thought it was going to be a little bit more graphic and you know I don't know no, violent, but not really. After that, not a whole lot really. She's no. the ho- she's the Hollis Mulray of this movie of like well, she you know like he gets like the 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 guy in Chinatown the mur- the murder they're trying to solve is the guy who's like drowned in the dam, yeah. yeah. And that leads into the whole irrigation of, of California thing. And then this is like, she's found dead in what we eventually learn is a nuclear testing site. And yeah. uh, Well, she's not on the nuclear testing site anymore, but she knew about it and she was dropped out of a plane. Yeah, but there's no, because they, they find the glass in the dirt. Radioactive glass in her. No, they foot. find it in her. Yeah, they her find foot. it in her foot. So she's been dropped somewhere else. It's yeah. like some because that's anyway. But uh, yeah, there's so also they turn, an opening they turn scene. over the dead body and Nick Nolte goes, ah, "Oh my God, it's my dad, girlfriend!" It's Jesus Christ! Like, and they're like, "What's the problem, boss?" No, nah, nothing. I didn't do it. So he's obviously, you know, you, you immediately are kind of like he's got yeah. some sort of past, probably having to do with him having sex with got her. Some sort of because the present. first thing we see in this goddamn movie is this is this like secret foot <laughs> black and white footage taken of John Malkovich. Yeah. And like Jennifer Connelly going out, down. and it's just as hot as you'd think it would be. And it's like mm. uh, John Malkovich, like playing like sort of a like a creepy 
a creepy dude too. Like yeah. I'm like I'm not saying that like we want to see John, but it's not John Malkovich like playing like a suave guy who's like I'm gonna have sex with you. It's like John Malkovich playing like a weird gross nerd. Or just like I've paid you to have sex with me now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's playing a weird gross nerd. Yeah, well, yeah. He's kind of like a, kinda. he's kind of like a, who's who's the main the main uh, Manhattan Project guy, the the famous Oppenheimer. Uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah, I think he's supposed, he's to, supposed be to be a little Oppenheimer. Like him, yeah, because then it go it leads Oppenheimer into Oppenheimer's military though. He's just this guy's just a suit. He's, he's a, a general. He's a general. He's a general. No? Which yeah. is you can't remember that because you're like John Malkovich playing a general, yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's not doing anything different. He's like, huh? He's I'm never a wearing a military uniform or anything, but they, he is he a wears general, a robe, which is and he's like, yeah. So I went through boot camp, and you're like, I don't think you did. Because he bosses uh, Treat Williams and uh, Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor around him. That's right. Um, but uh, but yeah, so there's a lot of weird the, cameos well, sprinkled let's, throughout let's, the movie. It like, it like leads into the like, let's skip to the end nuclear, where it, turns but, but it leads into the nuclear testing site. Yeah, because it turns out that she, she saw guys who were at nuclear testing sites, and then they got horribly dying, mutilated yes. and cancerous from the radiation and from exposure to the blast. Right. She saw that. They had to kill her. The military had to kill her in order to keep a secret right. that nuclear testing was bad for people. The, the glass the glass in her foot that they found was radioactive, and it's because it's from when they it's dropped the, the sand bomb. It's the sand glass. turned into the glass. It's the early 50s, so, so people don't fully know the ramifications it's of uh, nuclear testing. It's honestly like, testing and whatnot. could be kind of, it's like that kind of thing where you're like, ah, I wish you guys had done this better because that's kind of interesting. Yeah, when the, there's a scene when they go to an actual nuclear testing site and they're standing in front of a giant crater, yeah. and I was going like, "All right, this start. This is heating yeah. up. This that, is pretty cool." It's after a ten minute scene where they just try and figure out how to unlock a locked gate, and yeah. then they just end up shooting it though. Yeah. Which is again my favorite stuff in the movie, kind of because you're like, you guys are trying so hard to make this like a charming. <laughs> these guys, these guys are just a bunch of rogues out here, like bantering, and you're like, and it just fucking sucks. It's the, not quite clicking. The banter's not fun to listen to, and they're like, how do we? And Michael Madsen goes over there and is like, hold on, don't shoot it. I'm gonna go pick the lock. And he do you think that he tries to pick a... the lock, and then eventually, like Chris Penn's like, hey, let me try something, and he can't do. it. He's like, I got it. Oh, okay, and then he shoots the lock, and he's. It's like all these scenes have these like it's like this long buildup to. These a lame fucking like, punch oh, lines. he shot the log. Oh, he shot the wow. log. Uh, Chaz Palminteri crashed the car. Oh, good. I'm glad they're watching this. <laughs> but it killed five minutes. Do you think that there may be some kind of like weird attempt at a subtextual element to this where like these people are just tied up in their shitty lives? Too, too tied up in their shitty lives to realize like the massive background conspiracy that's happening around them. Like we're letting society, we're letting everything deteriorate, mm-hmm. decay around us while... We just, you know, go after our crappy affairs and try to maintain our lives. It's the best we can do in Boy. the face of this evil is to just like try to get by. You're really giving this movie a lot of credit. I'm trying to find. Might have been no, no, I'm trying to figure it. out what they're think, after because think, they're clearly after something. Yeah, yeah. I think they they're. Just I think they're trying succeed. to do something yeah. like that, but yeah. it doesn't. None of it, it. Honestly, like all the stuff where it's Nick Nolte having the affair and the affair with the girl and stuff, all feels just like plot. Yeah, it never feels like it doesn't tie into the larger thematic idea of the killing of the, of the or the or. Or testing. like the nuclear bombing and people dying from cancer and yeah. stuff. It doesn't like you feel like it should. Yeah, and then it doesn't. With the opposite of does. Chinatown, where like the opposite the, of L.A. Confidential too. The opposite was... of the fucking Who Framed Roger yeah. Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the opposite of everything. And the and the director of the movie is Lee the guy, Tomahori. Okay, I'm glad you remember because he directed uh, Once Were Warriors, which yeah. is a highly regarded movie, and then basically pivoted to this mm-hmm. to a bunch of journeyman garbage. garbage. Did he do including a, did he do a Die bond? Another Day? Yeah. yeah, the one of the worst James Bond movies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Although yeah. I do enjoy that movie, terrible, you, you terrible, look up, terrible, you look up terrible his song. Whole, his whole filmography, Ooh, yeah, that's and a Madonna it just, one. It just <laughs> goes once we're warriors, and I've seen that. That is a good movie that I would never watch again. I need. Mm. I've never seen that, but I keep. Did it he do the sequel? 
I that I don't know. It's called What Becomes of the I, Brokenhearted. Yeah, it's not I, don't, bad. I don't think so, but maybe. It was, yeah, it's once we're once we're warriors. It's very very good, intense, and just, and just about brutal domestic violence. So very hard to get through, but you know. So and this movie Glad almost kind it. of like wants to. It almost feels like okay, so this might be about that too, about these because it's like, it kind of feels like you're watching this brute squad go around and like beat gangsters up, and you're like, okay, so this is gonna be like commenting on these guys somehow because that's what these movies do. Yeah, are we ambivalent about these guys? No, not really. Not really. We kind of think they're fun to watch beat criminals up. Yeah, and then there's a whole part where it's a flashback to when he met Jennifer Connelly and he like shoots he kills a guy that had like that had Bosch. like that had you know a he shoots teenage, up yeah, it's Titus Welliver a teenage yeah he had a teenage like a uh, girl that I think he was going to traffic or whatever and like Jennifer Connelly and then he like beats the shit Nick Dolte beats the shit out of him and then is like you might not want to watch this and then she's like no I want to watch and he fucking just shoots a whole fucking <laughs> syringe of yeah, heroin yeah, into he, his throat he kills him he kills him he, he just straight up murders that now guy. do you want to fuck me and she's like I do I, I do, do. I fact. didn't before but he, now that I watched you murder this guy who I get who was awful so You've done uh, a great thing here, sir. Good, Quite the good job. Now I will fuck you. By the way, my gay friend is on the uh, in the other apartment filming. He's going ah, to film us fucking, and, and then the, the audience gets to watch it. Yeah, huh? yeah they Who get wouldn't to... want to watch Nick Nolte sucking on some boobies? Huh? We all we are all lining <laughs> is up this, for that. Is this more? Does that happen in Affliction? I can't remember. Is this that. more lugubrious than the last Jennifer Connelly accosted by gross old man movie we watched? Oh, the hot this spot? is much worse because like she's barely even a she. At least she yeah. has a. She has a large She's like role in, in that, that movie a lot and has like yeah. lines. This one, right. she like she has like maybe two lines. I guess of dialogue. I didn't mean worse for her. I mean just worse in general. Um, I think this is much worse. I felt, I felt this like this more... was worse for her, and yeah. so it felt worse in general because okay. like that one, she's naked and she has to make out with uh, she has to make out with Don, Don Johnson, Johnson, which is like he's a yeah. good looking guy. And in this one, she's just just getting fondled and pawed by like this Nick Nolte and yeah. fucking John Malkovich. Oh, it's like they're pretty like graphic scenes too, and you're just like, blah. I love yeah. how disgusted you are by her making <laughs> by her getting fondled by John Malkovich. <laughs> I thought it was gross too. Like, gross. No, you go because you said I'll quote you just now where you said getting fondled by Nick Nolte and fucking John Malkovich. <laughs> like you can't imagine John Malkovich fondling anybody. I love I bet, it. I have to assume that it was worse for her to make out with Nick to do it with Nick Nolte or to you, you know to do the scenes with Nick Nolte. I, just Nick, Nick Nolte was a, considered the sexiest man alive at some point in 1996. I doubt it. Uh, when did the Prince of Tides come out? Not 199. Way before that. Not that no, long. I have no clue. 94, maybe? Yeah, he'd gotten a lot l- more leathery. But I'm just saying, those, Nick Nolte was a sex symbol in the 90s. We were, I know. All, we were all pretty fucked and, up and by I Prince feel of like, I feel like that's why he's here, why he's in this movie, and then they went like, man, Nick Nolte's not a sex symbol. I'm anymore. not trying to argue that it's not gross, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're playing the devil's advocate, aren't you? Matt's over here yeah, going well, like, uh, Matt's over here with his fucking uh, Nick Nolte fanfic. Going, well, <laughs> guys, you know, Nick Nolte's not that gross. Um, <laughs> there's, plenty uh, of, there's plenty of look, ways I, I could imagine I never fucking said that I never said that <laughs> I would never uh, I did I did want to point out and, and here's a fun fact for nobody but uh, but Titus Welliver who plays Bosch is in this and there's a scene at the very end of the last season of Bosch I have watched all of the seasons of Bosch all how the do way you through. get through it that's a terrible show I kind of like it oh. I do think it's not a good show I wouldn't recommend it to anybody but uh, I don't know why I like it I can't I, anyway okay I, I can't I just up it. after season two yeah rightly so I haven't even started it so there you go you right. no need to but okay. but I've watched all of it and in there and there's a scene at the very end of the last season of Bosch that's very very similar 
similar to the climactic airplane uh, showdown. Oh, yeah? Where, well, where the- Bosch is like in a plane with some with some guys, and, the, and he's like, those guys are going to throw me out of the plane. And then he throws the guys out of the plane. Oh, my God. And it's over practically the same area, too. It's It makes you wonder... Yeah, if someone was like, "I'm I'm a producer on this show," I'm gonna I remember the Titus. Movie. I'm the one guy who remembers Mulholland <laughs> yeah. Falls. I'm actually a big fan of my boss or employee, Titus Welliver, whichever relationship I have to him. But I've, <laughs> I've watched all of his movies, and you know what? There's a pretty cool, you know, there's a pretty yeah. cool. going to be a scene in of the course, next. He's not in, the in next that season. scene in Mulholland Falls. No, no. no. Yeah, there's going to be a scene weird. in the next season of Bosch where Bosch turns into a black smoke monster. <laughs> That's what I know him from. Yeah, he's the he's the man in black. He's also, he was on Deadwood. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was just you totally. Yeah, I know. I recognize him from other stuff, but it's like that. I, but Bosch is not it. I was like, what shows have I seen him in? Yeah. Lost in Deadwood, or where he's you know one him from. Of, he's one of yeah, Captain yeah. America's like squad, right? Isn't he one of the one of the boys from the World War II and Captain America? Oh, maybe team? man. No, you're been... thinking of Neil McDonough. I could. Uh, be. Yeah, he's he's he actually has a great uh, turn as a villain in season three, uh, I believe, of Justified. He's fucking great. Yeah, Neil McDonough. Yeah, he's great. great. Scene. Neil McDonough is fucking great. Is that the guy he cuts? He cuts his hand off. He, or something, at the, right? at the end of it, he gets his arm cut off. Yeah. and he's got a gun in it, and uh, Timothy Oliphant is holding his arm when he when someone else cuts his arm off, and he and he's holding he's his arm, like, and then Neil McDonough is like looking at him, and they're all like, "What the fucking?" Uh, Timothy Oliphant has this like weird look on his face, like what? And then Neil McDonough reaches for his <laughs> arm, and Timothy Oliphant like pulls he's it like, away from him. He's like, like mm. <laughs> "It's a fucking." It's it's. I mean, I actually like Justified is not a perfect. Show. Show, but I did, but like it has some fucking amazing moments. And I forgot about that until just now. You reminded me, and man, that is a it's fucking so, great scene. It's so fucking good. Anyways, everybody, watch Bosch seasons one through sixteen, and watch a watch maybe Justified, watch season three. Watch, Justified. watch Justified yeah. seasons one, one through two, like three. three, and then it kind of falls apart. Sucks. A little. Uh, and watched all of Lost. The oh, Lost is oh, great. Uh, by it, the way, it, back it really to, ends well. Back to Mulholland Falls. <laughs> yeah, Mulholland Falls. Uh, so there's so this whole scene. The it climaxes where like they're they're on the nuclear base, and they've they've now seen where the guy. Are, all the soldiers are yeah, dying of yeah. cancer. They, so they know the thing. And so it turns out that Jennifer Donnelly got killed because these guys threw her out of a fucking airplane. Yep. And yes. uh, that's what pulverized. And her. they'd sent uh, Treat Williams had sent uh, the film of Nick Dolte fucking Jennifer Connelly to Melanie Griffith. And so yeah. there's a great part where they they get in the plane. They're going to get flown back to L.A. And then well, uh, uh, allegedly flown back. To right. LA. And then Treat Williams and uh, Kyle Chandler, Coach Taylor, get on the uh, plane. Too, and they're like, we're gonna fly with you, and they're like, great, that's great, and then they're like, oh, thre- God, they're threatening God, him, they're threatening him, and he's, he's like, throw us on this fucking plane. He's like, yeah, three, I sent a, you sent a film to me, and my wife watched it. So now I got nothing to lose. <laughs> and then you're like, which is actually like, I'm like, I wish this movie was good because that was kind of cool. That was cool, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, that's kind of cool. And this movie's not not good, so you don't, it doesn't fucking matter that you said a cool line at the end of the movie, Nick Nolte. Uh-huh. And then they, they end up, there's this whole struggle, and they end up throwing Treat Williams and Kyle Chandler. There's a good part where, where Nick Nolte snaps Kyle snaps. Chandler's arm. Yeah. No, it's, no, it's uh, the other guy. Was it Chaz Palminteri? Because it's like, because they, they fail. Face off because Nick Nolte's fighting the main bad guy yeah. and Chaz Palminteri's fighting his the subordinate. Yeah. So it like works out he that like way. He like just snaps his he arm. Snaps his arm, yeah. And, and the guy they falls both the get plane. thrown out of the window. They, they, they land the plane in the desert, like a desert. Like oh oh, there's an interesting scene where the pilot has been shot mm-hmm. yeah. in the melee, and he's like just dying. And Nick Nolte's like just stay alive a little while longer to land the plane. Come on, plane. Come on. He's like God. slapping him in the face, like don't die yet, don't they, die yet. They keep him in chest bones. Just goes, oh man, he's gonna he's gonna oh, he's gonna crash in this ah, mountain. Oh no, oh look, 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 look there's a hill right over there. Oh God, what's gonna happen? You're gonna lie the back. And then and then they they land the plane <laughs> in the desert, and then they go outside, and Chess Palminteri's like, it's oh, a very stupid. I feel, thing. I feel I feel cold. Turns out I got shot. Is I don't it, care for this. Is it cold here? Nick Nolte's like, 
it's not cold. This is fucking desert. And he's like, no, no, I feel cold. And he like sits down and then he's like, oh, oh, oh shit. I've been shot. A fucking piece of metal penetrated my flesh and went through my entire body. I, I didn't I notice. I didn't feel it. just noticed it. And then he- He's and then, so stupid he can't feel a bullet <laughs> penetrating his flesh and his organs. It's so weird. And then he's, he's like, whoa, and then he whoa dies. that happens in movies sometimes. And you're he like, dies. But meanwhile, during this whole altercation, like the two other cops on their squad, just we, we don't know what happened. They're to those not guys. there just at all. Out. I have to assume I, that's why, and that's why it almost feels like it was like rewritten or reshot or something. Because you feel like, why wouldn't you have all of the guys in yeah. these scenes? Or like maybe Michael Madsen and Chris Penn like went on a bender and then they yeah. got fired from the movie or there was something. A, there was a Reservoir Dogs reunion or something. They went and picked up Lawrence something. Tierney and Lawrence Tierney tried to yeah. sell him this lawn furniture and it was like a whole problem. <laughs> if, if, Lawrence if Tierney rubbed their houses. If anybody's listening to this and you haven't seen there's a great interview with Chris Penn where he talks about... It's on the uh, old Reservoir Dogs DVD. talks about Lawrence Tierney bringing him this lawn furniture that he didn't want. <laughs> it's amazing. Don't let him make any long distance phone it might calls. Be, it might be on YouTube. It's on the Reservoir Dogs DVD. Look it up. It's make really sure fun. you look it up. It's, it's really fucking it's really, funny. It's really good. What the fuck you fucking make me bring it down here for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that happened. And then they like throw their hats onto his grave because I guess they're done wearing hats as cops now. <laughs> or something. No more. No more hats. It, and then and then he like kind of apologizes to his wife. I'm sorry I fucked that lady. And she's like, I guess. And then she walks That's off. how it ends. And the movie yeah, fucking the ends. End of the movie. Like, Did you guys it's just not know how to end it? It's so uh, inert. Yeah, it, it doesn't even... It's Melanie Griffith and him, and he's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, but, but it's never going to be the same. He's like, yeah, you're probably right. And I then think roll can, credits. I think we can all agree that this movie's a failure, but it seems like it has like the skeleton of a movie mm-hmm. that would yeah. work, and they took out all of the meat and organs. You Something know, like, happened. All of it's gone. It's just, the, okay, we stuck to the plot, and we, we added a little bit of the stuff that we needed to keep in the movie to pad it out to an hour and 45 minutes. But yeah, someone, someone, I think they had grand plans for it at first, and then some, yeah. some rug got pulled out from under yeah. them and they were just like just finish it or the studio saw it and was like cut an hour out of this yeah right we'll just yeah, dump it's, it it's not happening i know you thought you were doing a thing it's not happening we yeah. got us we gotta you know yeah. it doesn't even have any like great action sequences no. in it you feel like there you feel like a movie like this that sort of sucks in this way would have like well then there's this like there's a scene where the guys shoot shoot up the beach house yeah but that's pretty quick. It's pretty brief. But there's like, there's no like set. There should be. You feel like okay, there's going to be an action set piece where these guys fight some dudes, and there kind of is in the plane, but it's pretty lame. Yeah, it's pretty. It's not very. The best. The best part of the movie is the very first scene, like after the home movie opening credits, where like they show up at the restaurant and beat the shit out of William Peterson, throw him off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's William Peterson, right? Yeah. And yeah. who's the other guy? It's William Peterson. And who's? Uh, it's a uh, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. It's Rob Lowe. Yeah. There. Yeah. They, yeah. Rob Lowe's like, Adam, I'm his lawyer, and they like punch him out. And they're Adam like, Baldwin also makes an appearance. The one who is the most like Alex this is Baldwin. a movie. This is a movie with a bunch of people. It's got a bunch of people Adam Baldwin. In it. Also makes an appearance in the same scene that uh, Bruce Dern pops up in yeah, as Bruce like Dern. his chief, as like the the yeah. commissioner of the chief. It's one of those movies where they stacked the cast and then didn't do anything. A yeah. lot of these people are uncredited too. They're, yeah, they, they call a lot them of uncredited, uncredited cameos. John Malkovich was un- John Malkovich is uncredited, I believe. Really? What? I know Peterson was. I feel like he was. I feel like when I was looking it up on IMDb, it said like uncredited. It says like, uncredited weird. a bunch. Uh, if you go on IMDb, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really so. It's like, that ma- also hints at some trouble behind the scenes with favors or something. But I got yeah. I mean, everybody's always fucking smoking in this too, which I kind of loved. Well, yeah. As somebody who's They're sort just of trying to quit smoking smoke, is constant problem smoking. for me. <laughs> but I just think yeah, I, I like it's not a I've, safe space I've for never, you. I've, yeah. never, I've never sm- I never smoked, but uh, I uh, but I do love smoking. Makes me want cigarettes. Cigarettes are great. I Everyone do. should smoke. Like when watching like every like when I see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, it's a nightmare. Love it. I love that fucking movie, but I mean it's a great movie. It's my favorite movie of the year, but. 
Ah, there's so much smoking in it. I know, but it, but you know, if they weren't, then it, it would wouldn't be like, make any what sense. The fuck of course, is fucking bullshit. No, it's not a complaint. It's just like, oh, damn it, it makes what me was, want to uh, There was something I saw recently that was like something that took place, like in the past, and but you know, now they get like an R rating if people are smoking. Oh, it was Kong Skull Island. <laughs> it was Kong Skull Island, and like movie sucks no, for so many. There's reasons. one character who smokes in that movie, and it's like a plot point that he smokes. It's but King like, Kong. King Kong like, smokes. But you watch, but you watch like fucking Apocalypse Now, and you're like. Everybody's smoking all the time because everybody fucking was smoking all the time. Yeah. yeah. So nobody's smoking. It was kind of like, that's a fuck. Fuck you guys. Everybody would be smoking all the time. I got a few. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone should smoke all the time. Everyone does. Like, that's what we're saying. Vaping is good. Don't vaping, vape. is, vaping is killing everyone right yeah. now. Just go back to cigarettes. As we as we record this, there have been, I think, a million vaping deaths yeah. Yeah. at this point. So uh, just go back to the real stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Our, our It'll kill you the right way. Our forefathers knew what they were doing. Camel and Lucky Strike. Yeah. <laughs> die, die looking like an old old man at the age of fifty four, like our grandfathers did. Don't watch uh, the Insider. My grandpa's <laughs> my grandpa's ninety seven. Oh yeah. Still nope. alive. Did he smoke? No. There you go. Yeah. That's probably well, why. the answer. Uh, I have a few quotes. Um, there, there, there's a couple moments where it gets purple. Uh, I mean, this is kind of fairly purple, sleazy. Blue. This is a fairly sleazy movie. I mean, we were describing yeah. all the sex scenes with Jennifer Connelly. Well, we'll stuff. talk about yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. Get to, we'll get to yeah, it anyways. Yeah. There's a scene uh, where Chaz Palminteri is trying to like rig up a projector, and he's, uh, damn it, I can't get my finger in. It won't fit. And then uh, <laughs> Louise Fletcher, uncredited, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nurse Ratchet yeah. goes, try your dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Nick Nolte goes, Esther, please. <laughs> and then he's like, why don't you leave? We're trying to watch this movie. And she's like, I got nothing better to do. <laughs> and then it's like a porno or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's a porno. Like, it's like. John Malkovich fucking Jennifer Connelly, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, yikes. There's a scene where Nick Nolte is um, Nick Nolte is beating the shit out of federal agent uh, Adam Baldwin. Yeah. He hits a, a bunch of people with his sap. Yeah. He hits like 90 people Where'd with his sap. Where'd you get that thing? Send away. Sent away. <laughs> Sent away for it. <laughs> he was coming willingly, I know. Uh, but he, that he is after he just beats the shit out of this federal agent. Uh, it'll get you into some trouble, you'd think. He drinks. And he goes, out Not- here in LA, I could pick you up. Burn your house down, fuck your wife, and kill your dog. <laughs> like, jeez. So, uh, and the movie again, like, and he does hasn't doesn't necessarily think this is a bad thing that he has complete impunity. I feel like any ambivalence that that w- the movie would have had toward the characters and their behavior has been stripped out of it. Yeah. Right, oh, absolutely. I feel like that's like that's why it was like yeah. it feels like a dry run for something like LA Confidential, I where you're like I somebody will make a movie that's about this. Yeah, this movie is like not. I wouldn't love to, to see do. the two hour and forty minute version of this that's intact, relatively. But I also would be curious to. Yeah, yeah. and there's a there's a run there's a, a, a weird this is towards the end too, and it's like that like we said that anti that zero climax yeah. showdown between Malkovich and Nick Nolte, and they're basically just commiserating about what a good lay Jennifer Connelly was the whole time. <laughs> and gross. at one point, Mal- Malkovich is de- on his deathbed; he's going to die at the end of the day. Yeah, and he's like, "She showed me pleasures I never dreamed existed," <laughs> and Nick Nolte's like, "Yep, yeah, it's a real good, <laughs> real good lay." And then he hands her a film, and he's like, "This is the fuck film of you two fucking." And Mal- Malkovich like holds it in his arms like, like will, it's his loved one. I will cradle I will this, cradle I will cradle this, this until, until I die. This is our fucking. Later today. Oh my god, the fucking. I can't. It's just <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's cool. very weird. I mean, Malkovich is a weird guy, and you feel like he's like one of those guys that like if you or if you're a director who knows what you want from him, he'll do that. But if you're a guy who's like. You're John Malkovich. You know how to act. Then he's like, I'm going to be weird in these scenes. I'm going to do actory stuff. Okay. Yeah. And they, they, I don't care. 
I don't care. I just I have to finish this movie. Yeah. And Nick Nolte was like, I'm not going to drink fake booze in the scenes for him. I'm, supposed I'm to drinking real booze. It's not going to be fucking apple juice. God damn it. And Chaz, Palminteri, and Chaz Palminteri was like, where am I? What? I'm Chaz Palminteri. I'm in a bunch of movies this uh, this period of time. And then I disappear completely. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, ratings. Died in the desert. Ratings. I'm going to give this two Judds. Yeah. I'm going to give it three Douglases. And I'm going to give it... Uh, I don't know what I'm going to give it. <laughs> ten Ooh, out of ten uh, pulverized... Jennifer Connelly's. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't stress enough how bummed out I was by how Jennifer Connelly had to play this role in the movie. It's just Sucks. like, Jesus, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, I'm going to give it two and a half Judds. I just, you know, maybe because you guys told me that it was so bad and just watching it wasn't that much of a chore. No. Nah. It's not I painful. Like certain, it's just not a movie. It looks fine. Yeah, it just kind of sucks. Um, it just kind of sets there. I'm going to give it three Douglases. It's pretty... Sleep. I mean, they show a lot of like like we keep on talking about just gross older dudes. He's just like fondling, pounding away on her, and just uh, look. You ever want to watch John Malkovich pull a lady's panties off? Like this is the movie for you. It's at the very beginning of the movie, and just I mean, when don't we want to see that weird, giant, square jawed, cartoon looking Nick Nolte just sucking on boobs? <laughs> great. That was the uh, original title of the movie. <laughs> Let's, let's make a t-shirt ten out, out of that. 10 out of 10 weird old Dick Nolte sucking on boobs. 10 out of 10 of those. That's changing my vote. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give it I'm gonna give it 10 out of 10 bullet wounds you can't feel at all. <laughs> 10 out of 10 half-eaten hot dogs in Chaz Palminteri's mouth. <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, two Judds. I don't like it. Um, I'm going to give it... I'm, I'm, I have I want to just give it two and a half uh, Douglases because like there is the there are the, the fuck film stuff but it's like the movie it's, it's, so, so, it's so lame and it's not even it's, yeah. I can't even go three because it's just like like there is some dirty stuff in this movie but the movie doesn't it's not like dirty or anything I feel like it's yeah. like if somebody had a softcore film that they took surreptitiously of like Roger Moore boning someone you'd be like that eh, sounds gross but nobody cares right that doesn't uh, sound gross to me uh, <laughs> sounds like hot stuff and I'm give it uh, 10 out of 10 uh, uh, Coach Taylor broken arms yeah that's good good choice <laughs> Coach Taylor by the way being Kyle Chandler alright can we talk about some Friday good movies months. now please alright we can yeah now that Jeez. that's done with Get that out of the way. We're going to talk about two movies that we all I, we all actually really liked, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devil in a Blue Dress. So, you want the job? It depends on what kind of job it is. I'm just looking for somebody. Dusty Monet. Fiance of Todd Carter. She likes jazz and pig's feet and dark meat. Know what I mean? An offer he should have refused. Why don't you tell me about your friend, Daffy? Colored woman ain't good enough for you no more, honeys. What time did you leave Greta James' house this morning? What you mean? She's not going to be waking up, Ezekiel. A mystery no one wants solved. The incumbent mayor, the chief of police, close personal friends of mine. That's good, Mr. Carter, and they can help us find it. No, they can't. In a world... Divided by black and white. Great movie. 1995, directed by Carl Franklin. Mm. Really, 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 really good fucking movie. good. Yeah, I, I, I. Uh, this is gonna be. This is gonna be like my whole take on this movie is that I think that this movie does 
all of the stuff that LA Confidential does, but better. Yeah. That's it. All right. Well, I think, I, I, and I think LA Confidential fucking rules. I love that movie. It's great. I think this does a lot of the same stuff in a more elegant, quicker, tighter way. It's it's uh, more uh, it, it the things the themes that it ends up being about I think are more poignant, mm-hmm. poignant, more relevant today. Yeah, certainly. Than what that. LA Confidential yeah. is talking about. It, it, this movie works very well today. Yeah, it does um, because it's about race relations and it's and it takes a, and you can kind of see why this movie wasn't didn't exactly break through at the time because it's saying some yeah. pretty harsh truths about uh, how racist, how fucking racist everybody was then and now. But I think it also deals with like the ideas of police corruption and all that stuff that, that LA Confidential is dealing with in the way, you know, LA Confidential has way more fun with the Hollywood angle and that's like sort of the tantalizing element of it. Yeah. And this doesn't have that. It's kind of like The Wire versus Treme where I think Treme is like just as good if not a better show but it's almost more admirable because it doesn't have the hook of the crime story that The Wire has. Yeah. You know? and they're But they're both dealing with a lot of the same ideas. Yeah. Gentrification, race relations, you know, institutions failing people, politics completely being corrupt, all China, of that Chinatown stuff. stuff. Yeah, it's Chinatown Chinatown-y stuff. Chinatown-y type yeah. stuff. Chinatown. Uh, but I, I, you know, I I really like this movie and I can d- certainly think of worse movies that you could point out being like better than LA Confidential that yeah. would bother me. This is a very good movie. I just think LA Confidential's, I, I, I love the action in it. It's, yeah, LA Confidential that just moves really is that. so fucking crackerjack and is so goddamn entertaining to me. Whew. Yeah. And it's got so many scenes that I just go, Jesus Christ, it's fucking awesome. This movie's very good. I don't know if I would call it fucking awesome. It's a, this I don't know. I would. I think that this movie, when Don Cheadle appears, maybe is oh, like because so you because you were talking about it being better. You like it more. I like, I like it, it more, more, but I don't. But, I don't necessarily think that that means that L.A. Confidential is not great. I I think that like watching this, I was like, this is a movie that should be talked about. Absolutely. Yeah. As like with L.A. Confidential, yeah. Because it's I feel like they're companion pieces. Because this because this is like I prefer it, but it, let's say I feel like I can say like these two movies are just as good. But I would say that, like, yeah, yeah. And I, but I think this is like kind of showing you, oh, here's this other side. Mm-hmm. Of, this is like the same. You could, the, the movie, the characters from LA Confidential. And LA Confidential is like, the white neighborhood almost and this like, is the black neighborhood. They can almost like yeah. walk past each other. You, they, yeah. you, you and could go like, to the oh, scene okay. in LA Confidential where yeah, yeah. Uh, Stensland or, uh, sorry, Kevin Spacey and uh, uh, Ed Exley, I can't yeah. Guy, Pierce, Guy Pierce, go up to the boxer, the black boxer yeah, yeah, guy yeah. and totally fucking shake him down and harass him and you just see how, how much these, the cops stifle these uh, the black community in LA right. and you could just like leave the camera with him and then follow his story and that's what yeah. it's like well there's two cops in this movie yes. that are the two white cops that are yeah, constantly, that are basically doing constantly that harassing him absolutely there's Even also a great scene in this movie where uh denzel is like he's like basically just crossing the street and he's going up to the bar where he hangs out joppy's bar and you see virtually no white people on the street yeah except uh there's two cops hassling some black mm-hmm. folks on mm-hmm. the corner that's yeah. it and a chauffeur a white chauffeur Racism uh, in this movie is constant. It's constant, yeah. It's inescapable, which is true. Right. It's true now, but it's especially true when this movie was made. And it, it and it's that's kind of what it's about. I mean, that's exactly what the movie is about. Yeah, the whole movie is about like the socioeconomic position of its main character and how that. Yeah, it's amazing. And also, it's an also it's a great. There should 
in a in a just world, there would be like four of four these, four or yeah. five of uh, these. These Carl Franklin directed Washington Easy Rolling. Oh my yeah. god! There should be because there's a whole series of books. Yeah, and there should be there should be a lot more because this is and this is his origin story. Yeah, because at the beginning of the movie, he's like a guy who's like laid off from this airplane factory. Yeah, and he's looking for work, and then by the end, he's like, I'm a detective. I'm now. gonna start a detective agency, and yeah. he's and he you see the like in like partway through the movie, like he's like. He's beca- he like becomes like he becomes Easy Rollins. He mm-hmm. becomes like the cool, the cool like detective character. But up to a point, he's like kind of bumbling through it and he's kind basically of like discovering yeah. that he has this skill set, right? He, he had never even considered before. And it's Denzel just, Washington, so it's, he's just fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like you never, you know, you're. Like, well, I Den- mean, he should have won the Oscar <laughs> for this movie. This is the kind of shit that I love Denzel Washington in, where he gets to be charismatic but playing a real person at yeah. the same time. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so fucking cool. I can't wait to watch this movie again. To be honest, it's so with good. You. Yeah, I yeah. actually like, just watched it like six seven months ago. Yeah. So when we decided to do it for the podcast, I was. I was like I'm just gonna I'm gonna kind of skim it I'm gonna refresh my memory and but then I got got sucked in right yeah. away and I watched the whole thing it's so good I have no doubt I'm gonna like it three times more next time I see mm. it it's just one of those yeah. ones like while you're watching it where you're like I can't wait to watch that scene again because yeah. I'm gonna yeah it's a fucking great looking movie there's the cast is amazing fucking Denzel Washington at his, at his peak it's Carl- and it's him and Cheadle and Cheadle is Cheadle. so oh, fucking God, good yeah. in this movie Cheadle yeah. is like this was like his sort of like uh, big this was Cheadle's role. Breakout one of his breakouts yeah this was this was the one that everybody talked about and then you then you see him in everything after this yeah. but like this was the one that like put him on everybody's list he'd been in a bunch of shit before this and right around it but yeah this was his big breakout it's so good why'd you leave me with him you didn't want me to kill him yeah <laughs> He's the lovable, he's like, lovable but murderous mouse. Total he's like, psychopath. He's like, oh, I'm gonna. Yeah, you. You're, what about that scene I, where he's right? He's right. Why did you leave him with the psychopath if you didn't want him to kill? Him? <laughs> what about that That's scene where Cheetle's drunk, it. where Cheetle's oh. wasted, and, and he's, Denzel is like, he trying to the, get him. He pulls he, the gun on Denzel, and he's like, this, it's cool, it's cool, man. This just guy's so okay. Put this down. He he's goes okay. like, this guy's okay, because he's like saying about himself, like he's a different guy. Yeah. He's like, don't kill this guy. He's like, no, nah, he's he's. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot him. He's like, no, don't shoot. He's got the gun pointed at him. I love, but that's scene at the end where he like uh, kills the guy and he's like don't shoot him and he's like and then he comes back and he's the guy's dead and he's like what, what, fucking what, what the fuck and he's, and he's like he's like well I didn't I didn't shoot him I didn't shoot I did what you said I didn't shoot him I choked him he choked him to death <laughs> Like well, I thought you just meant just don't well, shoot him. I couldn't just leave him here, and you know I had to go help you shoot I those ob- other guys. I obeyed your rules to the uh, to the letter, <laughs> to the letter. Yeah, I just I like you know in in a just world again there would be like there'd be like more of these movies with 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 Denzel as Easy Rollins, but also with Don Cheadle. Hey man, up. I feel like look, it's not it's not too late. This could be take two of these Walter Mosley books. Cram them together, and you get ten episodes of a show on Amazon or Netflix. Get Denzel, get Cheadle. Walter Mosley writes TV now. He actually just got fired from writing the new Star Trek show That's right. for saying the N word in the writers' room, fuck as that. if that guy is not allowed to say whatever the fuck he Jesus wants. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I'm just yeah. saying, uh, and apparently the it's just like Cheadle and Franklin are like totally down to make more Easy Rollins and always have been, but Denzel doesn't want to do it. <sighs> Denzel, Den- come Denzel, on. Denzel, you're frustrating sometimes, Denzel. Yeah. Carl Franklin, great. That Madoff woman is case and not the Madoff is an all the end. We gotta find out the truth. <laughs> Guarantee you that. Carl Frank- Franklin did one of my favorite like uh, '90s like uh, 
Not neo, not neo noir, but um, we'll before get, we'll, that, we'll before get this, that. it was one, yeah, false, one move. false move. I've been trying to rewatch that for this podcast, but some guy at the fucking video stores had it checked out for like three weeks. <laughs> God damn hey, it! Hey, if you're listening to this, return, return that, that video goddamn so we can movie watch so I can one, watch it. We watch one false move. We'll, we'll probably get to it on this podcast at some point. Great yeah, movie, but great uh, but the, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, this movie's awesome. All right, well, let's see. What's can, it about? Can, can we go through the plot fairly quick? I mean, all these Chinatown uh, homages, if you will, all have the, the same sort of mm-hmm. thing where a conspiracy is general is gradually sort of unveiled before a, pe- a person who is usually cynical enough as it is, and then becomes learns that, that they weren't even cynical enough as it, you know to begin right. with. Yeah. The, the, it was the even more corrupt than they expected, right? Which Mahone Falls kind of fucking doesn't do, and then this movie just does that. Yes, yeah. like and, you know, by the end you're like, oh, and it's and this is 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 about something. So I mean, he, this is about race. Denzel's laid off. He plays a guy named Ezekiel Rollins. He's a homeowner, which is uh, an anomaly for Every, his time. It blows everyone's mind. He's a black homeowner because he he worked at a he was a, he's a World War II veteran, and then he went uh, he he got a job at a factory yep. and uh, bought a house. First thing he did was buy a house. So he saved up his money, and he's extremely proud of his house, and which the, I think is a awesome little touch and a little yeah. and just a little idea of kind of like how the even even doing what you're supposed to do in society can't work for a black person yeah people are constantly breaking into us white people are constantly breaking into his fucking house yeah this is the most important thing in the world to him and he just like the, every time he walks in there's another white piece of shit in there going like That's you true. got another problem easy or something yeah. like quit that. breaking into my fucking it house sucks yep and what then there, doing there, in my fucking there's house? also the neighbor guy who keeps like trying to chop his trees down yeah. i love that that's a great that's a great <laughs> get running gag. they never explain that get guy. out of here <laughs> He Love chases it. him off of other people's lawns too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's uh, he's been laid off from the from the from the uh, airplane factory, and he's looking for work. And one day he's hanging out in his local hangout bar, Joppy's Bar, and uh, and this dude comes in Tom and offers Sizemore. him a job. Tom Sizemore playing a great, great Tom Sizemore's fucking. This is like and this is how like many, prime. How many appearances of Tom Sizemore on this podcast so far? Is Ooh. this only the second? I know. What was the other one? The Bruce Willis one. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think this is. I think this is number two. Number two. two. But this wow. was prime. This is prime Sizemore time because this was right around Natural Born Killers. Ninety Sizemore is like you know he was fucked up. He was a mess, uh-huh. but man, that guy could act. He yeah. was so fucking good. Yeah, and well, then he then he was in Saving Private Ryan, too. and he was in like every army movie for like. Remember years. him in Strange Days? He's great in Strange Days. Strange Days. Yeah. He plays a great bad guy because, yeah. and here's the key: he's all a you, bad all guy. you actors out there, just be a <laughs> loathsome human being. Do a lot of meth. Tom, Tom Sizemore is fucking awesome yeah, in this, too. he's fucking great yeah. in it. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're going to say that about mostly everybody in this movie. Sure. But, uh... Um, he's, anyway, he's so Tom great. Sizemore offers him a job to look for this woman who's disappeared. Yeah. Who's uh, Jennifer Beals. Yeah. And you're like, well, this can't end up being like what it is on the surface, because Tom Sizemore is evil. He's going to yeah, be evil. Clearly a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the, the part when it turns, when he, when he, you find out how evil he is, it just happens like that. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. When he's at his house? Or? He's at his house at one point. So so Denzel has to go up and go out and find, he has to find a woman. He's looking for this woman. Jennifer Beals. Yeah. Jennifer Beals, the devil, the titular devil in the blue dress. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, you think you kind of know what this character, how this character is going to be represented. It turns out a devil to... <laughs> People who are evil, yeah, yeah. is the one. Is, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to. How she's to not explain a femme. She's not a femme. She's not a femme because you're, yeah. you're going like I know what this is. You she's wearing a blue dress and she's going to be that lady, and she is that lady. But to society, am yeah. I saying this right? She's Kinda. not a femme. She, she is the most sympathetic character in the whole movie, aside yeah. from yeah. you know maybe aside maybe from Easy Rollins, yeah, maybe, yeah. But, but but yeah, she but she like who who you know. But first, has, who has some past? Who has some past? Some stuff he did in the past in Houston that is hinted at. Yeah, which is then when he calls his buddy 
Mouse. 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 Yeah, but first he goes he goes to the speakeasy to talk to some of his friends about maybe who who know yeah. this girl and and the girl he ends up going home with is Carla from ER. Yep. It's oh Peter, yeah, yeah. It's Peter Benton's baby mama. Yep. Hmm. Uh, and they go home. well. He she, she go. He goes home with her and her her husband. Her husband who's wasted. Who's wasted and passed out. And then she and she just immediately she, just comes on she immediately him. wants to fuck Easy Rollins. She sees him go Easy. Oh, yeah. and she's like she like immediately at the bar is like wanting. And he's kind of like no, I don't know. And she takes him home. He carries her her passed out husband into the room, <laughs> puts him on the bed. He's, and then, a, he's a big guy too, and he's trying to get information from her because she knows this woman that he's looking for. And this is the only sleazy part in the whole movie, as far as I can recollect, where uh, where she's she's try, trying to have sex with. And because I sent you guys a message, uh, I was watching this movie with my parents, and I was like, uh, is this. Is this movie gonna have any like inappropriate stuff? I, you know, my, my parents aren't squeamish or anything. I just don't want to watch people fucking in front of me, like with I mean, my it's parents. It's that one scene. It's not, and it's not graphic at That's all. That's why I, I said think you could honestly show it on TV. Yeah. Uh, oh, she, he, she's like riding him, but they basically have their clothes on, and she, but she's like she's, she's saying stuff like you're you're hitting the spot, you're hitting the spot, and then it cuts to his voiceover again, and he goes, and then I went on hitting her spot till just before sunup. <laughs> like, jeez, I love it. It's good. Jeez, good. I went on hitting her spot and he like starts fucking her and she's like you just want to have sex with me for this information he's like no no baby no i want to i want to have sex with you i I'm love it i love this let's let's keep let's not stop doing this and you know they're both on the same page there. but it's you know and her husband's passed out in the other room so he's not like uh perfect yes <laughs> well no. but it is a funny scene too kind of because he like kind of doesn't want to but he's also like, well, I mean... I am the hero of this kind of movie, so <laughs> probably should do something along those lines. A little, a little scummy, but... But, you know, if you know this kind of movie... But it's Denzel, so it's like super, so he's like super charming while he's doing it, But if, if you know the kind of movie that this is, and this is uh, an exemplary version of this genre, but yeah. it is in of the genre, that lady is gonna die. Yeah, she ends up dead. Yeah, she I, dies very, sh- we, very shortly thereafter. Yep, we don't, uh, we don't ever see her dead, but the movie, but everybody reminds us that she's dead. Yeah. So then it becomes about how how he was the last one probably who saw her, so he gets taken in and roughed up by some, by two racist cops, mm-hmm. which is a great scene too because mm-hmm. you're used to Denzel being the guy who's like kind of on top of every situation, and then as soon as he gets into the police interrogation room, like you see his personality turn, he just immediately becomes like fearful. It's right. really amazing, and anyway, with good cause. It's not like I don't know. Yeah, it's a great scene. Yeah. Uh, before before we get to the scene where he's picked up by the detectives and interrogated, you get another scene where that makes you kind of go like, "Is Tom Sizemore going to be maybe a good guy?" But <laughs> the way that he the, the way that he does it is in a bad sort of fashion. But like right. some, but like people are, I think it's not cops, but like other like white. Oh no, these white people that are just sort of like, "What's a black guy doing at this pier?" Yeah, because that we're hanging no, he, those girls he's, out there talking to him. The she girls, just, she the walks girls, up. He's waiting for Tom. To he's him. waiting for Tom Sizemore. This girl walks up and is like, "Blah blah blah," and just starts talking to him. Like, I don't want to. And, and then these three and white Denzel dudes. the whole time is like, he's like get kind away. of basically like, like kind I'm of trying like to be trying polite, to, but get away from but me because like, I know this is trouble. Go the fuck away because I don't want you here because you're a white girl. As soon as your boyfriends show up, yeah, I'm I'm in fucking trouble for not doing anything. And sure enough, and sure enough, immediately these white dudes are like, "What's what do you?" doing on our on our pier yeah n-word the n-word is used liberally by white people in this as it would be yeah and uh and then like sizemore comes along and like points a gun at one of them and they're like what do you want he's like what do i want i want to see your brains and then he like puts the put the gun to his head and he hits him and and then he like the guy's on the ground and he goes suck his peter (laughs) go on yeah am i wrong or is this not the kid who uh tries to fuck heather graham in the back of the limo and i think it might be pretty sure it's the same kid (laughs) 
Good for him. This guy's got a this guy's got a long history of being a humiliating piece of shit. So what wonderful life you've made for yourself. I hope you're very happy. Or whatever yeah, right. he says. Fuck uh, you. Uh, yeah. So that, that scene's great too. It sure is. Yeah. It's the real. It's the dark part of that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not that dark. <laughs> Where she just kills that yeah, guy with the a, roller skate. So, yeah. he, so he's like telling, he's like telling this guy, like suck, suck to suck Denzel, yeah, suck Peter, suck, suck yeah. Denzel. And he's like, all, uh, and like, he's actually, like, nah, I just wish no, this was I, all done. With. I don't want any of this to be happening. Yes. Thanks for saving me, sort of, <laughs> I guess, or whatever. So, so it's like I'm gonna be your friend, but I'm also very scary and pretty gross. Yeah, uh, I like that aspect of Sizemore's character that he's clearly evil and 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 capable of all kinds of violence, but he's not a racist. I, I like his. Well, uh, I mean, the, the part he is later on. Well, the part that where you find out exactly what his what his character uh, what is, the deal with his character is. It's the, yeah. like the second that Denzel says something that or does something yeah. where he's like, "I didn't fig- get this thing for you" or whatever. He just he, he goes, just he goes immediately you, calls him an N word, and, he, and he's also like basically going like, "No, you know, you know, you should know your place, essentially." And yeah, that, but I think that he, that he uses that. To, I th- I feel like he uses that to exercise power over him rather than because he just doesn't like him. You know what I mean? It's not. Yeah, said, I'm not saying that that's a different that, tomatoes, that, potatoes. I guess. Yeah, that may I be a, that may be a, like a, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what's in Sizemore's soul. That man. may be a six and one but, half a dozen of the other. Yes. But, but I kind of feel like I like I like the idea that they kind of uh, try to endear, not endear, but they try to like get you on this guy's side by showing this aspect of his personality. And it turns out that it's his power trip is totally different. It's not. It's just about him wanting to. He's just a brutalist. He just wants to hurt people. Yeah, it's not about yeah, I who or why. Could be argued that that his his uh, his evil just spreads in all directions. Mm-hmm. And so of course it would you know go towards black. I like his well. henchmen. There's the one guy who he constantly is like, shoot this guy, and he's like, okay. And he's like, no, no I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> go, okay. That's the kind of bad guy. Shoot this guy, and the guy is not in on the joke. Uh, so I will shoot, and he's like, ah, I'm just kidding. It's all fun. It's all fun and games, oh, okay. right? Okay, I won't shoot him then. Yeah, because Denzel, I think, uh, gives him a little bit more sass back than he's used to yeah. and stuff like but this that. Is, this is a classic, like, uh, sort of Chinatown plot where it, like, you know, spirals into, and then, like, it starts involving this, uh, you know, it's about the Merrill Merrill race candidate, and, yeah. like, um, uh, Maury Chaikin yeah. is, like, uh, this, you know, guy who, he's he the incumbent or... Mayor. There's a guy who's an incumbent, and there's a guy who's running for mayor, and they're both pieces of shit. But one of them presents himself as is very enlightened. He's not as much of a who's piece the, of shit because it turns one? out the one the young the, one is Terry Kinney from uh, from like Oz, from Oz and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. then the other That's guy, Maury right. Chaikin, the warden on Maury Chaikin is the one who is uh, turns out uh, a child molester. Yeah. Not Maury Chaikin in real life, the actor, but the character. Yeah, he's, he, he's a child. I don't think in real life. I don't think he was a, a child. Kind of a small <laughs> part of the a small part of the plot of the movie involves these pictures with him and, and kids and stuff. Yeah. And well, uh, it's like one of those things. It's like that thing in these movies where it's always like, oh, there's this pivotal informa- this pivotal evidence, but like we don't see it, and it's kind of like we've got these pictures now, and then the, but the movie's not about that. So right. it's kind of like, well, that's going to solve the. The, the overarching like uh, that's the leverage that the characters have on but the like characters, the, yeah. the movie kind of just goes like well here's these pictures and now he has those and but but you know yeah so now he can become mayor but it's not it the character for, to the characters it doesn't fucking matter 
that's really that's one pretty way or another. standard sort of political intrigue noir type yeah. stuff anyways yeah. and then it turns out that the the grander conspiracy if you will <laughs> involves involves race in a very like sad and fucked up sort of manner yeah and even people that present themselves as being like the good guys or whatever are also not willing to deal with it or do we just want to get right right to the chase of like what the the, yeah, big, do the big mystery is yeah because uh every, the whole thing like so much of the the conspiracy and the concealing and all this is revolves around the fact that uh, Flashdance yeah. is uh, is a quarter black or mm-hmm, half black mm-hmm. or something like that. She's passing. And her she's, mom's cre- her mom was Creole. Creole and her dad was white and so she but she looks white and I think her brother looks more looks more black. Yeah. And is not able to pass. And does her brother die? And no, his, no. There's a part. No, there's a part where they because he's they're going after this guy, and you find out later it's her brother. It's he's some sort of like local. He's like some sort of guy, you know, sort of. I guess he's a, a hoodlum or something, sort of. Yeah. But he like they he gets captured it because he's at Denzel's house, and Denzel ties him up, and then that's when um, Mouse shows up. Don Cheadle shows up. Yeah, and he just fucking. <laughs> So he's just wants he's just gonna kill him. <laughs> he's like, "Don't kill him in my house!" And then he sh- fucking shoots him, and he runs off. So he gets shot, and he's like, "You're here five minutes, and you already shot somebody." Yeah, it's all it's all of this like death and intrigue surrounding just the the, the fact that a a lady who has a part like is part partially black is married to a mayoral candidate. Is, yeah. was he? They want to get married. They want to get married. He wants to marry her. He wants to marry her, but then he he. He's so he's like the enlightened one, and he can't. He supposedly still, he yeah. can't like do it because of society. He's like I can't. Yeah, and they and they're like she's in love with him, and he's supposedly in love with her. But he's like I can't. Uh, and even the, at, but even I at the end, he's like I do love her. But, yeah, but yeah, but, just, but it's just like, but then it's like, just can't you know, be done. Yeah, just can't be done. But then that gets a big eye roll because you're like, fuck, sure, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. no, I mean, like, I feel like he means it, like, but it's still supposed to be like, I won't, yeah, bullshit. I'm not willing. I'm the not going to be brave. You see the newspaper headline at the end. He's like, he's essentially like, this guy's going to win the mayoral race yeah. because this other guy dropped out because of the the child porn. the child porn yeah. photos. Um, but like, no, that's what I like about it because I think he really does believe that he cares about her, but he's also a fucking coward. But you're also like, yeah, fuck you. You will you then fucking then fucking marry yeah, exactly. her. Exactly. Well, if it came out she was part black, then I would never be. I wouldn't be that, able to get married. That would be difficult. So the movie for actually me. like revolves around yeah. race. Not only is it about like black the black experience in L. A. at that time, but it's also about like the the main mystery is about when, yeah when you get the MacGuffin itself. Yeah. You know, like it's, the devil in the blue dress. It's what like, was she wearing? She was wearing a blue dress. Yeah, that's her. That's, like, a, that's a line. That's an exchange. It's of water in Chinatown. It's water and incest in Chinatown. Yeah. It's drugged. It's like the drugs and, and heroin and stuff in LA Confidential. Yeah. And it's nukes in Mulholland Files. Yeah. The freeway and Roger it's the Rabbit. The freeway and Roger Rabbit. And this one, it's racism or just race in general. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it all works really well. It doesn't feel forced. It, you, you really feel like you're you're getting an honest portrayal of this time. And all, all the way that, like, you, the, the way you've seen the interplay between whites and blacks the whole way through has kind of led this ending up to feel very sad and very satisfying at the same time yeah. and very well yeah. The climax of the movie, the ending is actually that kind of, like, it's kind of a, a sweet ending because it's, like, uh, Easy Rollins on his porch with his buddy mm-hmm. and they're just chatting. Easy ends and, up okay. And, and it's in his neighborhood and he's kind of walking through the neighborhood going, like, you know what, I'm going to be a private detective. And he chases the guy who's trying to chop everyone's trees yeah. down out he of the He got the money. Him and he's Mouse got, split the money. Him and Mouse split the money. He sent Mouse on his way. But then there is that like one shot of those like those white cops like driving by his mm-hmm. house just staring him down yeah mm-hmm. and you know there's always gonna be that but yeah. he's like but at this moment it's like kind of his world it's 
it sucks there aren't more of these honestly because it's yeah. a, I mean it's fine there there aren't I don't every movie doesn't need a sequel but it's like a perfect setup for more movies yeah it's a fucking perfect setup for more movies and I can't stress enough how fun Don Cheadle is and that fucking shootout we didn't at the talk, cabin we, we is didn't talk enough great. about Don Cheadle in this movie Don Cheadle plays Denzel's old buddy Mouse from Houston who they from Houston and they who, maybe killed some old man they well Mouse definitely killed some old man and uh, Easy, Easy had him. something to do with it yeah most likely and Mouse is a fucking psycho he's he's he is like a he is like a great fucking charming psycho yeah because he's so fun to watch but like you're like this guy could kill it. he like he pulls like, he pulls a gun on him and Den, on the one guy the guy has he has like in the chair and uh, Denzel takes the gun away and is like, what the fuck? And then and then the guy moves or something and Don Cheadle pulls another gun out and shoots him. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he's, like, he's just got all kinds of guns. There's one point when he's even like really drunk and he's basically like pointing a gun yeah, at Denzel. Yeah, we were talking, we were talking about, about that yeah. earlier. Yeah, you're yeah. just sort of like, ah, you can't get a beat on this fucking yeah. guy. He's, yeah. But he's also like incredibly charismatic. It's the kind of performance I don't even know how, how to explain how this happens, but like it just like once he appears on screen, like my parents had the same thing where he like appears and says a thing and we all just looked at each other and we're like, "Oh shit! Yeah, this here guy's we a go. star. <laughs> here we fucking go." He's yeah, just—he's he's just delightful and really. Fun. Did he get nominated for this? I don't think I so. Really mm-hmm. doubt it. Yeah, That's too bad. But it was—I well, remember at the time it was one of those that was like, "This Don Cheadle yeah. guy is is amazing in this." And you um, mentioned the shootout at the end in the cabin, which I think great. is just as good as the shootout at the end of *L.A. Confidential*. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, okay. Well, I—the one in *L.A. Confidential* is fucking great too, but. And uh, I also feel like I want to point out that uh, this movie is produced by Jonathan Demme because I think that has oh, a lot yeah. to do with yeah. what makes it great. A lot of humanity. It's one of the greatest of humanist guy. filmmakers of all time. The man never made a bad narrative film, no. and I think that his influence, his choice of material. I mean, obviously he shepherded this material through for Carl Franklin, and I think that he made his yeah. his, his able his ability to protect. This from interference is what made it so good. Demi's one of those guys that, like, uh, you, whenever you, it, not every director, but, like, most people, when you, you know, who's who's a guy that, you know, Demi comes up a lot as, like, a huge influence right. on on most directors, because you, and he's like, you, it's, at first you go, really? Jonathan Demi? And then you go, run through his movies and go, oh, no, yeah, I, I mean, can yeah. see that. I feel like you I cannot, mean, he pops up in horror podcasts. to a bad narrative film made by Jonathan He's Demi. a guy who made, like, Something Wild, Rachel Getting Married, and then also, um, like pops up in every single horror podcast you listen to. Yep. He also because just made of fucking these, these very the idiosyncratic personal movies. Yeah. yeah, even if they were fun for like and a whole audience could enjoy them, there were all these personal bits that were injected from his life into him, which is the thing that obviously Tarantino does a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Anderson. I mean, they, he Anderson. Idolized, Anderson idolized Demi. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Anderson's earlier stuff is way Demi. Yeah. But 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 yeah, Pete Anderson's career is kind of like Demi, where you're like, he's just gonna kind of make a movie about a thing that he's interested in right yeah. now or whatever. Um, yeah, we watched uh, we but, watched something wild and right. and married to the mob. In, oh, in like married to the mob. Those are both and, you, and you're awesome. just sort of like with both of those movies, just like you could. I don't. I could. Where kind did this of, come from? I could kind of give you an idea what kind of movie this is, but I wouldn't. That wouldn't he produce Miami Blues, well, maybe the greatest American yeah. crime film of the nineties, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Ooh, do we get to do that someday? Yeah, maybe. maybe. It's a. It's, it's more of a. Really it's more of a comedy, yeah. but it's really it's more of a good. comedy. Yeah. My favorite. My. I, but hands down, my favorite Alec Baldwin performance of all time. It's my uh, second. Not a bad show. Hunt for October. Hunt for October. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> love, I don't it. love that movie as much as you guys. Uh, but uh, anyway, enough about Demi, I guess. But uh, well, I got. I, Frank- I just wanted to bring that up. Carl Franklin, also a great director in his yeah. own right, a guy who's like really sturdy. His visuals are unostentatious, but they're not. They're not uh, unplanned. They're not. Uh, they're not loose. 
Like that, there's a shot, a shot that I talked about before where like Denzel's crossing the street and you see him cross the street in front of a car and then his white chauffeur gets out of the car and there's all this, all this action on the street. All of these black folks are walking around. They're going to their jobs. They're going to the club. They're going wherever. And you only see this one white chauffeur and then the camera, Denzel leaves the frame and the camera pans around and you see like there's some white cops hassling mm-hmm. a black couple on the corner. Yep. It's very deliberate. Um, Franklin's, you know, gone on to a long career in television. He yeah. last thing he, I saw him do was he did the last four episodes of the newest season of Mindhunter, and they're yeah. better than the Fincher ones. <laughs> yeah, that nice. surprise me. There's also a, a <laughs> lot David of Fincher does not have his pulse on humanity necessarily. <laughs> There's also a lot of very very impressive production value in this movie. Yeah. Like lots of like the, his one thing to period up a room or something like that, but big long shots of streets where there's just like yeah. tons and tons of old cars and yeah. like hundreds of extras in the in the old timey outfits like where stuff. did they find that like, suburb wow. where Denzel's house is oh, that just looks yeah. like untouched from 1948 yeah. it's great yeah. it yeah. reminds me of the opening stuff of uh, Malcolm X yeah like um, but like in that uh, Spike Lee's w- more showy sure um, in Malcolm X but it's a similar kind of like when he that's, there's a scene in early in Malcolm X where him and or Spike Lee and crossing Denzel are crossing the street yeah. and it's like that same kind of thing but in that one it's like they were trying to make like sure uh, Denzel doesn't Lawrence get to wear a suit, suit in this one no. unfortunately <laughs> That would be cool. Maybe if they'd made another one. Yeah, I know. At least there's still time. Denzel's not dead. No. He is not. This is one of those things that, like, you know, Denzel's been making a lot of genre stuff in the last, I don't know, five, ten years. We've talked yeah. about this before. He's been doing that his whole career. Sure, yeah, but I mean, like, when's, what's the last, like, real prestigious? Besides Fences, Fences. like, that's kind of yeah. it. And he directed that. Flight was, what, ten years ago or something? Nah, yeah. it wasn't that long ago, but I just recently rewatched that, by the way, and that movie fucking rules. And Flight's and almost, well, it. That could, that's a good segue into our next one, but let's finish this first. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, just like, the guy's just an, an incredibly powerful performer, like, one of the greatest actors of our generation. Oh yeah, and his oh, and and the one before it. I mean, he's just like he just kills it every well, single time. Well, you know, time. we did a whole episode of Denzel's. Yeah. He's just like Denzel. he's amazing. He's not bad even in the the bad one that we did that time. Yeah, you know, it's like Denzel's fine in in Fallen. Yeah, he he is not the problem. He's good <laughs> yeah, in that movie. Or, he's or the or only bone, part of the movie that is or, or in Bone where he doesn't move. <laughs> he's, he honestly and tries he's such too a physical performer too. Like that's a real change up for him. And I don't know, he's just great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, everybody go watch Deja Vu. Yeah, but don't watch Bone don't Collector, watch or, Collector or Fallen. <laughs> yeah. but, and also, but go watch, uh, listen to our podcast and then watch Ricochet. Yeah. Watch oh, Ricochet. please. And, and definitely definitely watch Devil in Blue Dress, especially if you haven't seen this and you're a fan of LA Confidential yeah. and like this kind of movie because I, th- I feel like it's a great, it's like, they you you, could, you should watch the, they should be discussed in the same way. Yeah. Franklin and... Uh, Curtis Hansen. Curtis Hansen they, are not dissimilar, dissimilar directors. No, they have a similar visual style where it's like yeah. not it's not, it's not real it's clean. Not showy and yeah. it's not yeah. not showy. And yeah. they're both like good at just making the making thing. the fucking movie. <laughs> it, will, it will all look sturdy, and then every yeah. now and again you'll be like, "Damn, that's an amazing shot." Right, nice flourish. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, quotes. I got a, I got a couple quotes, and these are this, just this both, has, there's a lot of good quotes in this. this, this it's a you know a fucking good movie, so it's real well written. I just had one that, that happens at the end, and then one long one. Well, they're both kind of towards the end. But this, this this sort of sums up how the conclusion of the movie and uh, the dude from Oz's character, but he's, the Denzel says the color line woke, worked both ways, and even a rich white man like Todd Carter was afraid to cross it. Uh, yeah. So that kind of sums up where that char- yep. what happens with that character. And then the the very last line in the movie. This is just a this is a series of lines, but this is how the movie ends. And this was 
This is just this is how you fucking dismount a movie right here. If you want to just end with a grace note, but, we want to do we want to compare it to how the last movie just flub, flubbed. Yeah, it or it's just like, it. I guess we're not gonna get back together. The end. Maybe right. we will. I don't know what's well, happening. Here's this. Uh, I thought about what Odell had said about friends. And this is Denzel's voiceover. And it makes sense to me. Odell goes to church every Sunday, so he would know. Later on, he challenged me to a game of dominoes. Now, what do you go and do that for? We got to talking about Texas and fooled around and drunk almost a quarter of whiskey. And I forgot all about Daphne Monet, DeWitt Albright, Carter and them. And I sat with my friend on my porch at my house. And we laughed a long time. <laughs> the end. That's great. And then me and my parents just were like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> also, this movie's under two hours long. Yeah. Yep. Moves. Yeah, I love a movie like this. It's like under two hours long. Feels still feels kind of like epic. Still feels like not epic, but you know, like whoo, right? One of the most underseen movies of the nineties. Agreed. Yeah. So Uh, ratings. I'm gonna give it like four and a half. Like basically just shy of perfect. Yeah. Douglas's. uh, Like maybe. Or sorry, that was Judd's. Yeah, yeah. Judd's. I give it like maybe two Douglases just because of the. You know, it's not that sleazy, but mm-hmm. you know uh, some of the stuff around it. He does hit her spot until sunup. <laughs> he says that. That's true. <laughs> that's a funny. That's a really funny sex he kept scene hitting too. Her spot. He's like, oh, just hang on a minute. Just one more second. Oh, just so, a little bit more. Just a little so bit more. Good. It's really fucking that's good. Right. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten. Uh, psychopathic best friends <laughs> fuck yes uh, I'm gonna give it four Judds but I suspect when I watch this movie the second time and the third time and the fourth time that will probably we'll go, go up, up. Um, but just for now um, sticking with four very good rating um, one and a half maybe maybe just one Douglas I mean honestly I mean that hitting the spot part's funny but like there's no nudity or anything like that and none of, none of, the, none of the sex really plays into the, the plot of the movie anyways um. Ooh, and I'm gonna give it about twelve hundred old timey fifties cars. There's a lot of them, forties or fifties, whenever this takes place. I think it's 1947 or 48. It's a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, I'm. I, you know, before we started talking about it, I was like, I was like, solid four Judds, but I'm going four and a half because after we talked to discussed it, I'm yeah, like, me yeah, too. I want to, I want to watch this movie again. Yeah. You know, it's like. Once we discussed it, I'm like, yeah, I should probably is- buy it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm one, one Douglas. It's like that sex scene is like, but that's the only thing. It, otherwise, it's not really sleazy unless it's like, you know, the it's uncomfortable and gross. But like, that's all. Like, I didn't think it was racism. uncomfortable. I just thought it was No, funny. I mean the racism. Stuff. Oh, the racism. No, yeah. no. The sex scene is funny. The sex scene is fucking great because it's like, you know. First of all, her husband's passed out, and yeah. she's like, "He's asleep," and it cuts to him like snoring. This the movie is about heavy stuff, but it's got and a light touch as well. Later it's, on, like that's one of his really friends. Well. They go to because she's been murdered, and they go to visit him. And it's this like really moving scene where he like breaks down and is crying, and they're all like, and and Don Cheadle's like, "Hey, hey, 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 no, it's okay. Don't do, don't do that or whatever." And he yeah. pours it. He pours him like this giant tall glass, and <laughs> he's like, "Drink this." <laughs> It's a cartoonishly large, <laughs> and then it like fades across. Well, fades this guy's the... passed out, and Don Cheadle, and they've like they are Don Cheadle's been drinking too. They are passed out drunk. Yeah. Before that too, there's also when Denzel comes to the door, and the guy answers the door, and he's like, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm sorry," and the the husband is like, "Yeah, it's whatever." <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten guys who were choked, not shot. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, now. But he does shoot a couple guys in that scene earlier, yeah. blows their fucking brains out. Now, we like this movie, and we really wanted to talk about this movie, but let's face it, we want to we're talk just, about this next movie the most. different. 
This isn't is really a, a thriller. It is a little different, isn't it? It's not a thriller, but it does fall. It's it squarely falls with like right in the parameters of these things. It and might not be appropriately labeled a thriller, but it scared the fucking shit out of me when I was a kid. I found it thrilling. It's a. Yeah. I mean, it is a suspense movie. It is a mystery. It is a murder mystry. It is absolutely it's a Chinatown. Like, it falls. It's totally absolutely hundred percent Chinatown. Chinatown. Um, yeah. It falls under all of that like that stuff. It's one of my. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. This is the tale of an up and coming movie star named Roger Rabbit. And a down and out private detective. And stay out! Named Eddie Valiant. Ooga Booga! Every moment they were together ah! was a new adventure in trouble. Hi, me, Eddie! It's a motion picture about ah, friendship. Take it easy, Please, Eddie! Don't tell me I'm making a big mistake! Love. <laughs> Compassion. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I yanked your ears. All the time you yanked my ears? Murder. Marvin Ackman. The rabbit cacked him last night. We, uh, we, I guess we already said what was I'm, earlier. Yeah. I'm just. I'm gonna say I don't, I don't know if it's in my top hundred favorite movies or anything like that. It's one of my favorite movies. It's great, but I'd say this movie is a fucking miracle. Oh, this is, oh, my, it's this is it's in my top goddamn, twenty movies of all time. Easy. This is a movie that literally could never be made again. Nope, never for for, for, variety, for so many reasons. For so many reasons. Um, it's a fucking sm- snowflake. This so who, movie. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. Which uh, does not. I want to point this out because uh, uh, Outlaw Vern had told talked to me about we talked about this and until like recently I thought who framed Roger Rabbit had a question mark at the end of the title. No. It is not. It is who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. That's the title of the movie. There's no question. It's not like who framed Roger Rabbit. It's like who framed Roger who fra- Rabbit. This is who framed Roger it's Rabbit. It's like that who that Horton hears <laughs> yeah. framed Roger Rabbit. Um, and the, I mean, who's if anybody doesn't know the plot of Roger Rabbit, I guess it, we can. Do we have to break down the plot of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, or can we? Uh, it's Judge Doom is Who Framed Roger. Rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> Judge Doom. Judge Doom did all of it. Judge Doom he was, was a tune. He, he was, was a tune the whole tune. time. He was a and tune. a really that's scary my favorite one. part of LA, LA Confidential. Is it turns out Guy Pierce's brother was killed by a tune. <laughs> Tune killed my brother. Rolo Tomasi. I, I gave the Rolo tune Tomasi a name. Rolo Tomasi was a tune. tune. Rolo Tomasi was literally his name because he was a cartoon. So it makes sense. Rolo, Rolo Tomasi. Tomasi. Oh, yeah. Who was, sounds who was Rolo Tomasi? Like, like this. Like this. Who was Rolo Tomasi? He was you. You're a tune. James Cromwell's a tune. <laughs> I wish. Uh, yeah, when, uh, when well, he, he's when been he, 65 for like 30 years. When he stabs Kevin Spacey with a singing sword yeah. unexpectedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Who Who Roger Roger Rabbit? I mean, it takes place in 1947 or 48, uh, Los Angeles, and it's like, uh, tunes are real. That's the whole gag, is that the. But it, there's a racial, there's real. a racial element to it. It's kind of, it's segregated. kind of. A, people hate tunes. There's, people well, hate them. They're second class citizens. I feel like, here's, here's the thing. I feel like it's kind of almost a racial allegory, sort of, but it doesn't, and luckily it doesn't lean into that too much, but no, it's sort no. of like, it's sort of like uh, the True Blood argument where that falls apart, right. where True Blood would always try and do this thing like, they're like people, you know, they're, they're, uh, they were, they're gay the, people. The, the vampires and the werewolves are stand-ins on True Blood for, for any kind of marginalized minority except, group. Except, in True Blood, like in real life, the, like, gay they're, people they're not, don't fuck, they're not people. They're not fucking monsters. <laughs> I didn't like yeah. the, yeah, that, that's where, because like, the vampires are like gay people and you're like, but they're all evil <laughs> This show that is supposed to be sympathetic. Well, even, even towards... if they're not evil, the point is that they're like on True Blood. They're out. They're they're like in society now because there's a replacement for this thing that they need, which is the True Blood. Sure, the True Blood allows them to exist in society and not have to kill you. But yeah. it's like. 
but it, it, the allegory doesn't hold because gay the, people don't eat you. The allegory doesn't hold and anywhere. The, and the, uh, the, the, I feel a similar thing about the tunes. I don't feel like it's almost so much that they're segregated as it's like they can't, they can't, you can't live. Like, like you could. No, you they can't, can't live, live because them. they're fucking crazy. Toon, Toontown is fucking terrifying. Toontown well, is a nightmare. Damn terrifying. <laughs> and as, was, as Molly pointed out when we were watching this last week, every single scene that doesn't take place in Toontown, I mean, even the ones that do, but the scenes that take place in L.A. that involve the humans interacting with Toons inevitably progress to total destruction of yeah. the environment. <laughs> Roger Rabbit is... That's one of my favorite things uh, watching it this time was noticing just how... Often, and I think they did just because they were like, we're doing this yeah. like real people with cartoons, and we want them to cartoons to constantly be interacting. But Roger Rabbit is every he's room he goes into, he's force. flying around the room and he's breaking just, everything, just breaking through walls. Yeah. But I mean, even in just he's like hurling Eddie's, people around, there's that great scene in the where they're in the the back room the of the, of the of Doris's bar. And uh, he's like he's like crashing around there, and he's handcuffed to Eddie Valiant. And he looks through the peephole, and he like his eyes stick up. He that's, moves his eyes, my, and, and they knock over that. they knock I over like, the knock over the bottle. And the guy's like, "Oh, what?" And it's like he can't like go he can't go five seconds without fucking breaking something. I didn't take a whole lot of notes because it's fucking Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but I, I made a note of that because that made his me eyeball laugh. Knocks the over eyeball the knocking over a beer made me laugh yeah. really hard, and it might have been the first time I laughed that hard at that specific joke. Because that, so that guy's eyeball knocked over a beer. I don't know. I just thought that was fucking hilarious. Only when it was. Only when it's funny. Only when it was funny. You could have done that at any time. No, only when it was funny. <laughs> Roger. And by the way, the performance. Roger Rabbit is a fucking great character. Like I was trying. I was trying to. I've seen this movie probably a hundred. Voice done by Chaz Palminteri <laughs> before, before he was famous. But he. Uh, it was making before the role of Fat Tony was stolen <laughs> yes, from him right. by fucking Joe Montana. Oh, from Joe Montana! Body of evidence is Joe Montana. The poor man's Chaz Palminteri, <laughs> yeah. as we all well know. Uh, do you know the name of the guy who does the voice of uh, Charles, Charles Charles Fleischer? Fleischer. He's the Charles guy in Fleischer. Zodiac who's got the uh, basement right. full of posters. And he's a, he plays a doctor in Nightmare on Elm Street. He's in a bunch of stuff, yeah. but like Who Framed Roger Rabbit is by far his most famous role. Yeah, I mean, um, as the voice of, of Roger. But Roger, it's a it's a great it's a great character. He's like sympathetic and but also like you also like annoying to be around but he's not so the characters because it's the type of character that like could like it's like could be Jar Jar Binks you know like you could that character works well the, the but ca- you don't but it, you don't you don't ever become super annoyed by him as as much as like Eddie Valiant is I feel like it rides this real fine line of like you kind of just can't stand him you don't want him around anymore but, but he's the, like He's so the engine of the plot, and he's also very funny. But like, the character's actually funny, too. Yeah, he's yeah, actually what, funny. It's not like saying. he's grating. That's he, what I'm saying. There's a difference a, between that and Jar Jar Binks, where yeah. Jar Jar Binks is like there for fucking no reason and isn't funny, and Roger Rabbit is the is like the middle of the plot, and it like is constantly doing funny things, like when he's watching them make out at the movie theater, and like he can't he can't give him a fucking second alone because <laughs> he loves love. He is legitimately a sweetheart because he's essentially programmed to be just a. What do you be- see in that guy anyway? Makes me laugh. <laughs> makes me laugh. Makes well, me there's laugh. another funny scene where where he's at the he's at the the club when he first meets Jessica Rabbit and he's and he's talking to Betty, Betty Boop, Boop. Yeah. and he's like she's married to that rabbit and, and she's goes, like yeah what a lucky girl <laughs> what a lucky girl because to cartoons Roger Rabbit is uh, his big shit yeah man. he's a big yeah. swinging dick 
And uh, well, let's, since you brought up Betty Boop, we can talk. That's one of the things that like this movie. I mean, it's great because it involves all these real cartoons plus like the ones they made up for the movie, like uh, Baby Herman, who's yeah. a fucking great character. Yeah. Every time, every time he's like out of the way, toots. What does he say? I got like a fifty-year-old mind and a six-year-old six dinky, dinky. six-year-old dinky, <laughs> or three-year-old dinky, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, classic. But, uh, and then he still cries when he loses his stogie. He still cries when he drops his cigar. Classic. <laughs> uh, what do you know, you dumb broad? You got the IQ. Of a rattle. She's <laughs> a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. Not a but nice guy. But he is Roger Rabbit's friend, and yeah. he does try to help him at his he does. point. He does. Uh, they, the uh, rabbit didn't do it. Hey, come on, hey, ask me with a blah blah blah. I don't he's, fucking know. He's um, like deep dish farina. He's like deep dish farina. But, uh, but like that, they, my stogie. They got Betty Boop and all these characters in there, but they. Uh, they the Warner and Disney made characters by, was, went together. It was made by Touchstone, yeah, which, is, which is Disney. Uh, but uh, in order to get the Warner Brothers characters, they had to um, share. They had to have the exact same screen time as the Disney characters, reflected in that very final shot. Well, in, but it, but also in all of the scenes in the there's like Daffy Duck, Donald, and Donald and Daffy Duck playing, have the same uh, long scene pianos. together. Mickey, Boy. Mickey and Bugs share the scene. Talk about a weird backroom business deal that worked in the movie's favor. Well, 100%. and it's now that would never happen. It's like Spider Man yeah. and fucking Marvel. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, but that's like a like they're going like, well, you got to get equal time, and then you're like, oh darn. So we get we get Bugs Bunny and fucking and Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse in the one same scene. scene. And we it, get we get Donald Duck versus Daffy Duck. Bummer. Yeah. And it'll be like the only the only funny scene that Mickey Mouse has ever fucking been in. Yeah, <laughs> his whole he's kind his, of a piece of shit in this movie. He's funny. He's he, a fu- he's trying to he, murder he has, Bob a funny, he has a funny line where he's they're like he, they're falling <laughs> out of the building and he and they're like they're like parachuting and he, Bob Hoskins is falling and Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse are on either side of him and he's like ah where's your parachute and Mickey Mouse is like huh yeah this is a bad idea huh you get killed huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you're in a weird other dimension to Mickey Mouse, <laughs> and he like he like thinks Bugs Bunny fucking with him and giving him a spare tire instead yeah. of a parachute is hilarious. They give him a spare. They're murdering this man. Yeah, Although fine. I guess the rules don't work the same. It's, to- it's it. Toontown, so you know. And then the lady catches him. Forget oh, it. Man. Forget it, Jack. Oh, it's man. Toontown. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, you know. is that a made up character? Yeah, uh, she's made up. Like it's, Gina, well, Hyena. it's from like it's from like uh, those Tex Avery cartoons and stuff. Because that was the gag is that but they she has see, like the, it's Lena Hyena. Yeah, but they see. I is think that it a might, real character? I think no. it might be. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it is. But it's. Right. I mean, that Matt, same Kevin's ca- Johnny cartoons. That same type yeah, of character. That same character pops up in like those Tex Avery because it's the same gag where it's like. The, the gave, figure but, of the hot but they lady. They give her a name, so that made me. That was why I, I think, was curious. I'm pretty sure she's from oh. one of the Tex Avery cartoons, but I could be wrong. Well, uh, let us know if any if any you know. Joe Sharbonic, if you know Joe about Charbonic. that, let us know. <laughs> if you know if Lena Hyena is an established is, character, DM us or whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, I really it, like this. This might sound weird, but this movie fits into. A, along with other movies like this, like Hugo or The Artist. Also, because it's like it's not just about the the plot, the the Chinatown plot, but it's also about the sort of nostalgia for a certain kind of filmmaking, yeah, and using that to investigate other ideas, like sort of the the, the way that we appropriate these old styles and turn them into something new is really interesting, and this does it better than all of that other stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, this is way better. This isn't, yeah, Hugo's a movie I like, I like but, and I do not like The Artist. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to say The Artist <laughs> no, 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 is good but either. I mean, it's right. more just no, I'm like, just saying this does do it much way better. Than we're going to work these new stories, these yeah. new kinds of stories with these old styles, and uh, Zemeckis is the king of this kind of technology and doing this stuff, so yeah, he's also such a cynic that he's the, he's the kind of guy who can take this that would normally be just sort of a sunny thing about 
fun cartoons and make it into a dark mystery. I mean, yeah. the, there's there's like there's like dark, scary stuff. The bad guy in this is a fucking bad guy. Terrifying. He, mur- he murders that little shoe just for bumping into it. <laughs> in front of and that, bo- that scene fucking bothered me so much more when I watched this movie last week than it did when I was a kid. I like when I was a kid, was, it didn't. I remember thinking that was mildly scary when I was a kid. There's way worse scares in this in this movie than that one. But yeah, watching that this time was like Jesus. Yeah, he just Christ. murders it yeah, in front of everyone, and it's like and, and, they the, can't and you do can see the shoe, it. like you can see its eyes as it's going in and just going like. <laughs> It's awful. And like my God. Yeah. Everyone's horrified. Even the non, even the people, the human beings are going like Jesus. Yeah. The we- the weasels maybe are not horrified. Yeah, but- we're not bothered by it at all. Uh, what do you think, Vavi? Hang <laughs> you and your laundry out to dry. <laughs> we're gonna stumperate them. <laughs> yeah, they can never get the words. He's right. always saying the words wrong. I love and it. And he's their leader. He laugh. He makes them, and then he makes them die of, but die of laughter. <laughs> I fucking. I mean, I I love I love just I love like every piece of this movie. I think that this is like one of those technical achievements and one of those type of movies that's like once in a lifetime kind of movie making that they fucking nailed and you know it's like 2001 or Star Wars and stuff like that where it's like because they also made because also you don't think about nobody knew how to do it you don't think about the and it was that this movie had to have been made like three times over and you and it feels still feels kind of loose yeah like and this is a movie that like you had they had to fucking within an inch of you know shoot it within an inch of its life in order to put these cartoons in there with the people and you don't you feel like this is a fun movie yeah well they went and made that movie how hard could that have been like maybe the most hard thing (laughs) it's a miracle for so many it's a technical miracle like it's one of the most uh, amazing achievements technically that you'll ever see in a movie just just the work that they put into this insane vision it's like a business achievement just the fact they were able to get all these copyright these copyrighted that would never happen again never happening until I guess Disney buys everything and well, yeah, I guess at right. that point they can do something like right. that again. It's a it's a miracle that they got Bob Hoskins to be the leader. Of the <laughs> Who's main fucking actor great? In this. He's great. They were ne- they're ne- it's fucking going to be one of the Chris's in this movie now or something like yeah. that. Yeah, he's got he's got a five o'clock shadow though. So you know, he's a bum. Yeah, Chris Pine could pull it off because he's actually pretty funny. Yeah, is Bob. I don't Bob- know. Did, did anybody see Detective Pikachu? Because that's the same fucking movie as this, and it sucked. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> that's no, the I- same exact fucking movie. I um, swear to Christ, it's Who Framed Roger Rabbit with Pokemon, and it fucking blows. Yeah, Bob Hoskins uh, is like four feet shorter than uh, is it jo- uh, who's, Danny DeVito who, who plays uh, who plays Do- uh, Doris in this is it uh, Dolores is Dolores uh, oh fuck I can't remember the actress's name she's, she's from she's from uh, Blade Runner jo- jo- Joanna Cassidy oh. Joanna Cassidy yes. is that a rabbit Thank in your you. pocket or you just have it as even she's she's like he's like four feet shorter than her so it's hilarious whenever they're like next to each other yeah. but it's also there's a, there's a, a final shot where, man where Roger Rabbit is like also. He's like the same height as as Eddie Valiant, and yeah. so you look at they're all the couples are walking off in the Toontown at the end, and I'm like, those men are tiny and those women are giant. It's a, it likes funny. He's a tiny so little funny. little nub of a man with who's covered in body hair and is balding and talked like this, and he's angry. And he's probably in his 30s. He looks like he's in his 60s, and he's fucking drunk and he's all a the time. Total drunk. Yeah. This movie has one of my favorite things that you see rocks. In, in movies sometimes, where they oh the rocks, yeah, it's great. It's a great he joke. He says, and I mean, I, and I mean, <laughs> and I mean ice. And then they still anyway. give him rocks. At fucking penguin. Uh, Goddamn penguin. Because him and his brother used to work Toontown, but then his brother died when a, a, t- a demented piano dropped him. a piano on him. But this has one of those classic scenes. Uh, this, the classic scenes in a movie where a guy decides to quit being an alcoholic. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, you know what? I'm done with this being an alcoholic. And he pours out his booze, and yeah, there that's you it. go. That's the end of that. That's uh, he throws the bottle in there and he finished. shoots it with his. I love it when he opens his. 
is I like to think too, like because he opens his his uh, his gun that was given to him by Yosemite Sam. Uh, if you read the plaque, it says, "Thanks for getting me out of the Huskow." Lots of little Yosemite details Sam. Like that. Tons of little details. <laughs> so because back when he was a Huskow, one of the greatest words in the English language. <laughs> back when way. him and his brother used to work Toontown, they liked working for the Toons, and the Toons remember him. Like yeah. all the Toons he runs into, a lot of them remember him. Oh, from you're the, Eddie Valiant. From the old, from the old days. So he pulls out this cartoon gun that Yosemite Sam gave him, and all the bullets are these old fucking cowboys and I like to think that they weren't old before yeah. but he never he didn't look he didn't open it for a long time he's like oh you're a sight for sore eyes and they're all old <laughs> we've and aged like, I, like, I don't know because tunes don't age but I think it's like well tunes do what's funny so yeah. it would be funnier to me if those bullets were like young bullets he didn't open his gun for t- like 10-15 sure years and now they're my head through somebody's flesh right now it's been about 80 years <laughs> he, sh- he shoots them and then they, they go down the wrong alley and he goes dum 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 Dumbs. <laughs> That's a good line. I mean, this movie. We haven't even talked about what this movie's about. It's. I mean, it's the, the this this is the closest one to the to Chinatown. I think actually, probably it's kind of has that similar because it, it, this is about like it's about gentrification and real estate. Yeah, it's it's, it's very. And LA Confidential came after this, but the freeway played a big part in LA yeah. Confidential as well. Yeah. It's about the kind of like, on and the, off, the, the, off and on. It'll be beautiful. It's kind of like the dark future of LA, which we live in now, like sort yeah. of thing. I mean, like that's how the, corruption that's, ended up taking hold and all yeah. this. The joke, the joke is that he's like when it, when you finally learn what the what the conspiracy is, it's that Judge Doom and his his uh, comp, this company that was Cloverleaf. him Cloverleaf bought up. They bought up. They bought buy up all up the public transit. Public transit, and they're gonna and they're buy, and they 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 kill R.K. Maroon because he has the the deed to Toontown. The deed to Toontown and the the will. So they so it's like the whole thing revolves around his will is going to show up and they but they can't you know they have to find it by this certain time or else the deed goes to Cloverleaf and Cloverleaf's going to demolish Toontown which basically is killing all the tunes he's invented this uh, this stuff called dip which will which will eliminate all the tunes he's got a big truck and he's like he can take care which, of Toontown which by the way has benzene in it which is toxic even to humans and <laughs> nobody could be around this stuff there's yeah, a whole episode like of ER car- about how somebody drops some benzene in the ER and it's just like a huge problem it is pure toxic waste and yeah. like the cartoons yeah. are like get away and humans are like yeah I'm fine <laughs> like no 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 this is poison um but uh, yeah, so that's so that's the plot, and then and, but they're gonna tear down Toontown so they can build the freeway, and then he describes the freeway to uh, to uh, billboards and to, cheap motels, far as the eye can see. like, it'll by God, it'll Eddie, be beautiful. Eddie Valiant looks at him like he's fucking insane. It's so great. Yeah. <laughs> Why would anybody take this freeway where they could take a red coffee or a nickel? They got the that's, best. That's one of the, the fun best jokes. Public transportation in the world. They're always making jokes about like what LA is like now, or yeah. was like in 1988, where it's like. Uh, traffic jams will be a thing of the past. Right. <laughs> no, because uh, we know what LA's like now. Yeah, 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 ridiculous. That's one of the fun things. But about I mean, this it's funny. That's, that's the Zemeckis Absolutely. touch in this yeah. too. Is that the you know at the end of the movie? Yes, they stop Judge Doom and they I guess they prevent the freeway from being constructed, but not really because you know at it the end happen. in real life the tunes lost. Although yeah, it's kind of it's this weird. Dark, it honestly reminds me of Inglorious Bastards a little bit at right? the end it's of it. The where alternate it's like, history version. Yeah, you see this alternate history and you're like, cool, like they, they won. And then, but then you're like, oh, I, but no, but reality yeah. is not like that. At That's kind of what I'm talking right. about with the like using these old styles of filmmaking and these old special effects ideas to to like change our perception of of how history worked. You know, like and Hugo. I, yeah, I, I like to think though too that it's like, well, this is a world where this place exists. So sure. just like you know, in this world that did, Toontown didn't get, to, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, yeah. I don't know. That's that, what, that's I what's don't know. About it, yeah. I don't know that this is like. 
you know what I mean. No, I don't it's historicity is definitely <laughs> a little bit, uh, you know, up for debate. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this, I mean, it's hard to choose because, like, watching just watching this movie and imagining how they the the challenge of having virtually every fucking scene has a cartoon in it, and therefore, like, some sort of weird gadget had to be employed, and they had to just think of fuss about every square inch of the film. They had to knock over. They had to like have some kind of a thing device knocking, knocking over stuff. Yeah, stuff getting knocked over. <laughs> things like hold it. Like whenever there's guns, I remember seeing the behind the scenes footage when like the weasels break into mm-hmm. his apartment. They've all got, got fucking Roger Tommy Rabbit. guns and shit. They're yeah. holding guns and. And those just guns are there. They're just on wires, and they're like holding wires, like all these guns. My favorite. And Bob Hoskins must have felt like he was in a fucking cuckoo <laughs> clock all the time because he's looking at nothing except for stuff hanging from string. And I guess I'm assuming getting line readings from people off uh, Probably, outside yeah. the set, but just like there's crazy footage of like you know the scene where he's like the weasels are in the apartment and he's got Roger handcuffed to him and he's got Roger in the water under yeah. the sink. And uh, and Roger pops up and spits out some water yeah. and like if you watch the behind the scenes they like had a weird pipe on a on a gym, gimbal and the pipe sticks up out of the sink and sp- spews out some water and then they just drew over it or like when he's got Roger inside his jacket yeah they built this whole rig that they they wired up Bob Hoskins with this body rig that's got like a spring loaded thing on it that's like pushing up and down under yeah. his under his trench coat because Roger's struggling yeah and it's like they just built robots and machines and animatronics to like fill out the world of this and then just drew over it. They it's must have invented they must yeah. have invented like 200 just bizarre gadgets that would never have any other use ever again and just they for this. Ha- they movie. had to shoot most of the movie with motion control cameras because you had to get the same exact mm-hmm. shot mm-hmm. every single time. So they had, pa- had to do passes over and over and over, and over. And you had over to again. do clean plates for everything. They don't even shoot heavy heavy special effects movies today that are probably more elaborate. They don't even shoot it that way now because it's much easier to do this kind of compositing now. Yeah. Right. It's just, te- it's just like tedium and exactitude yeah. and nothing, those words don't come into mind at all when you watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. That's what's so great it about it. It feels like a m- crazy chaotic it's a mess. Bre- it's like a breath of fresh air. You're like, How? that was a fun movie. Yeah. And you don't think like, that must have been almost Insanely impossible hard to, to watch. would have must have been pulling their hair out working how on much, this thing. How far uh, after the Back to the Future movies did this come out? Well, that was 85. 85 so. Well, that was the first one was 85. Oh, when yeah. Did, when are when they? Did oh, two, uh, when did two and three come out? After this. After this? Uh, after this? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Look that up because yeah. I'm curious. Just because, like, uh, no, the, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're those after this. movies are also special effects nightmares, right? For different reasons. For totally different reasons. Right. But I mean, you know, maybe well, that gave him the confidence to work on that's those. Some, that's the mechanism. 1989. Back to he just, thing, yeah. he just, man, because he a, shot those back to back. Yeah, they both came out for that 89, 90, But I mean, he must have just been like ready to kill himself after making this and those two things because both of those movies are just completely impossible. Yeah, but special that must have been that must have been more. Must have been like sort of like a, a relief to to just make a movie After, with, yeah. with, with, with with at least with people. people. <laughs> like we're just shooting a movie on sets. Sure, there's special effects stuff we have to do, yeah. but at least here's Michael J. Fox and he's talking to this other person who's also in the scene. And um, who's the, who's the name of the guy that does the did the cartoon the actual Richard animation? Williams. Richard Williams. Yeah. Because the he animation died, he died uh, not very long ago. last month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was and he's insane. If if you don't know who he is, look him up. He's uh, he. There's a movie called The Thief and the Cobbler. That was a, a casualty of uh, of Weinstein, but also a casualty of his like hubris because he wanted to draw like he wanted it to be perfect. And he's this. If you look up, there's compilations of his like TV commercial work, and it's the kind of shit where you go like 
this is kind of amazing art that's selling like fucking crisps or whatever they yeah. call them in Britain. You know, like it's like, and it, but it's just oh, they like call them crisps. It's like this. It's like goddamn like masterpiece, little like little short masterpieces of animation. And uh, yeah, he's he's like a weird, and he he literally wrote the book that like every animator has. It's like the animation handbook, and there's like several editions of it. But but he's like he's he's fucking great, and he's the animation director mm. for. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, and um, they and the and the animation is incredible. And then they he also had to add this thing that he probably I'm assuming never had to do before, which is adding all these shadows and mm-hmm, stuff yep. from the real world in those shots. Yeah, it just boggles the well, mind like to think Matt, about this movie. Matt was pointing this out to me on our way over here that the like the special effects don't look perfect in this, and I think that's what kind of makes them even cooler. Yeah, like that they don't that like the shadows sometimes are kind of weird. Or whatever. Like, yeah. it doesn't look like... It's not super crisp. Like, you watch, like, Avengers Endgame, and I kind of don't care. How... I, how I don't fucking... think I don't think about, like, this special effects. I mean, I love Rocket Raccoon, but I don't think, like, that shadow... You know, they, they're so good at that, that, that kind of stuff. And this is... But this is, like, kind of, like, it's a bit janky sometimes, and it's, it's kind be- of, like, It's because cool. they don't take... They don't make any pretense of making these cartoon characters look like they're in three dimensions with the rest of us. Right. They don't, they don't. It's it's totally a choice. It's not because they couldn't. They probably could. It would have been really hard, but they could have done it. Well, if they did that, I think it would take away that they wouldn't look like cartoons. They wouldn't look like cartoons they exactly. Like and they the, have to look. They have to be cartoons. And yeah. so he interacts with them, but you don't. You still want them to look two dimensional. Yeah. Because they still have to be. Uh, they're, cartoons they, they practically are. I mean, they never. Nobody ever says anything like that. So they're supposedly three dimensional, but that's what we're, what we would yeah. be nostalgic for is not some weird three dimensional Dumbo. Yeah, right. The Dumbo that we that we're used to. And, and now, he, and he now works for they peanuts. would. Now they would try to do something like this. We were talking about this earlier. Like, it's thank God they didn't try to make a sequel to it. I mean, I'm sure they wrote one or something like that. I'm sure there's you know there's probably 20 years of production history behind them trying to make a sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but. If they made one, it would look shitty. Yeah. It would be too elaborate. The special effects would probably be too good. And what would the story be? <laughs> and well, yeah, well, I mean, where would you go with it? Like, they kind of cover just about everything in this. And they do... It's like it's also like... By the way, I know this is our uh, Suspense is Killing Us podcast, but it is also like a great... like mystery movie yeah. like it works on that level too it doesn't feel like a like a joke yeah. like they don't treat the like murder mystery part as like the plot isn't treated as like like oh and now this is a fucking gag that we're also it's like no it's it's a funny and movie it's, it's violent and weird like i don't remember when they go when they go to see the crime scene where maroon is it maroon or is it acme who gets killed with the safe maroon, maroon. it's maroon no, 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 it's, no it's uh marvin acme it's marvin acme, marvin acme. Gets killed with the safe. maroon gets killed safe by josh doom his later head. when he's yeah. got eddie's puts his uh, yeah, they're puts his tie in the editing machine <laughs> yeah but uh, shot twice the but the like they go to the crime scene at the at the acme warehouse and you see the chalk outline of the body <laughs> and the safe is like over its head and there's like a huge dent and all yeah. of this crap like blown out from the head yeah <laughs> yeah maybe a cartoon killed violent. him but his head was obliterated yeah. <laughs> his head fucking smashed <laughs> guy dead but it's it's like made it's like so it that's like stuff like that that's sort of a that's sort of a gag but it's not like a zucker abram zucker like right joke like the plot of the movies it still like treats it it handles it straight which kind of makes it funnier well one of the ma- ways, so. one of the many i mean there's probably four or five aspects of this movie that you could just are just done you can never do it again and like the the, the kind of adult nature of this movie yeah not that I, obviously I was a kid and I loved it, even though it scared parts of it scared the shit I think out of when me. When I was a kid, I didn't really register a lot of that stuff. I didn't register some of it, but it was it was not, the sex stuff didn't mean as much to me, of course. Patty right? cake, yeah, that's funny. Pat- that's a great so, joke. But the violence and like the scariness definitely registered. And watching it again, I don't know if I can separate from like the time that I watched it the first time in the theater and now. But it might is it still scary? It's I thought it was like still it was upsetting. Still, 
scary. I, I didn't think it was scary when I saw it the first time when I was a kid. I was oh, like, I did. Just, Ju- I was like, Judge so, Doom at the end always scared me. I was when so I was mesmerized by it. Terrifying. Like I was like, this was it, this, it was like that kind of thing where you're a kid and you're kind of into movies and stuff. And then like I saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm like, oh, they made a movie for me. Yeah. You know, like I mean, I, there were other movies that I loved that I like more than this still but I was like it was like that thing where I was like oh what what because yeah. it was like cartoons but it was also a real movie yeah. it wasn't like a fucking like thing like four kids it was like a real movie and there's like scary stuff that happens in it and adults are yeah. getting into adult situations you know it's still PG it's very or whatever it's very sexual <laughs> yeah did you guys read the book I mean Jessica have you ever read the book it's no. I read it in seventh grade and I, yeah, I don't remember the very title much about it. Who it's called like who killed Roger censored Roger, Roger. Censored it's Roger. very Roger. much more like a like a noir it's like almost like a James Elroy book yeah. but and in that one they're not cartoon characters they're comic strip characters mm. and so it's all about photographs so it yeah. ends up being about dirty photos and Roger Rabbit is disappearing in a similar he's dead. way no he's been oh, killed he's dead but he's also but his his ghost is around his ghost like, is around he's like yeah. disappearing in a like a it's I remember it, I remember reading it in like seventh grade because of I love this movie and then kind of not a lot of it was over my head yeah and also I think it was not good I don't remember <laughs> I, I've been watching the movie again I was kind of curious to revisit the book just to see if it's anything yeah I mean I again this is my memory from a long time ago yeah. so I don't it could be this book could be great but I remember it being like it's way more it's way more adult yeah like they took it and like you know, I think once they got where like, well, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it with cartoons, so we need a lot of money, and so Disney's gonna give. So we're gonna they. It's not like like it was like all about like Tijuana Bibles, you know those that yeah, would be yeah. like the, the dirty cartoons that uh, comic strips people would draw. So it would be like uh, who, whoever like if, like Mickey Mouse or whomever Mickey Mouse and like a uh, Minnie Mouse like fucking. They call them Tijuana Bibles because they were like these underground cartoons starring like real. So it was like in the bo- in the book people in T- Tijuana worshipped them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they called them that, but that, but in the in the book, who censored Roger Rabbit? That's like sort of the plot. Is that? Yeah, like, it's like those are the dirty pictures that everybody's trying to cover. Right? Up. Well, yeah, yeah. That yeah. doesn't sound as good as this. It, no, and, and this is, is better. Not, it is. I not haven't as read good the book, this. but this is better. No, it's it not. Is. It's a stroke of genius to take an idea like this and go like, we could do Chinatown with yep. tunes. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what they did. And out of the three of these movies, like I said, this is the one that is kind of like. It's not, a, but that's the thing. It's not a parody of Chinatown. But they mm-hmm. went like, they went like, what if we did something like that? Like, what if we made this into a real fucking movie? What if we took it seriously yeah. and also made it a movie where like a crazy cartoon rabbit drinks too much booze and like flies through the ceiling? Like, <laughs> that's the like the intersection of we're gonna make a real thriller with adult themes and adult violence and combine it with this Tex Avery cartoon shit yeah. is like a stroke of genius that I can't even imagine where it came from. Yeah. And the climax of the movie is like when Ju- it's like Judge Doom reveals his plan, Eddie Valiant does like a ridiculous dance. A ridiculous dance to make all the weasels laugh and die. That Judge, shit where they Judge die? Judge Doom shows up and they oh have a sword God. fight. Judge Doom gets run over by a steamroller. It turns out he's a tune and you're like, only a tune. It makes sense. Only a tune would come up with that cockamimi freeway idea. <laughs> <laughs> freeway is not... But Judge, yeah, the idea of freeways. Judge Doom is a tune, not only a tune, he's an insane tune who's yeah. the same tune that killed Eddie's, killed Eddie's brother. brother. Just like Guy Pierce. Guy, he is the worst. He's tied yeah. he's tied to everything. And we haven't we haven't the, said anything about uh how great Christopher, how great Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd is in this. Truly movie. terrifying. That line reading where he's like, My God, it'll be beautiful. My God, it'll be beautiful. So good. Yeah, I mean for they, they put I some, love like, Doc Brown. The merry go round broke. 
Very loony selection for a bunch of drunken reprobates. No, he grabs that guy, the guy who's like the war vet who's missing his arm, and he grabs his coat and like wipes, and then he's like drawing on the board, and it's there's all these signs, signals that he is attuned because everything he does is like it's like he's repressing that. Yeah, like that he doesn't want people to know, but everything he does is like kind of he wants he wants to push people off. Yeah, it's no tune can resist shaving a haircut. Uh, but right, I mean, but I mean, Christopher Lloyd. This is, I think, this is my favorite Christopher Lloyd performance. Like, I mean, Doc, Doc Brown is great. I, of the two, I guess, of the two iconic is, like Zemeckis ones, I like this one's like he because he's crazy and he's like really he's scary at the when he first shows up as yeah. like just a person. He's got this like black costume and like sunglasses and he melts a poor. There's some a poor very like subtle makeup that they're doing yeah. to kind of make to so you know that he's wearing, shit he's wearing a skin suit. suit. Fucking but crazy. then when he knocks his hat off at the end, he's got this weird that hair. That is terrifying. Like, it's yeah. like when, the, when his eyes are doing the like the the red and, and yeah. uh, white lines going that's the stuff that really scared the shit actually the part that scared the shit out of me the most is when he gets his foot stuck to the uh, yeah. steamroller with the glue and he's making these noises and he gets rolled over with the steamroller and I watched this with my parents too this weekend and like when that happens my dad like looked at me and he goes this must have been really scary when you were a kid I was like yeah it was and, I, and that was at a time this was 88 I was 10 this was this yeah. is a primo time when I would have been scared shitless but I liked this movie so much that I was like that I endured the terror yeah. to like get through to the end, which is pretty amazing. It's like me and my parents watch RoboCop. The last, oh uh, the last level of the uh, Nintendo video game is you fighting Judge Doom, yeah. and it's impossible. That game is hard as fuck, and it's sucked. yeah. But it has the, it has that music all the way yeah. through. The uh, Alan Silvestri is it Alan Silvestri score? It must be. Yeah, so, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, because that's Zemeckis', Zemeckis guy. guy. Fucking great. Um, but uh, anyway, I don't know. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Just, I, I fucking love this movie. I watched it last week. I might watch it again this week. I don't know. I love this yeah. movie. It got to the end of it, and it's and I don't think it's a deliberately like emotional ending or anything like that. But it's like uh, Jessica and Roger get saved by Bob Hoskins, uh, like squaring off against Christopher Lloyd, and Christopher Lloyd. Uh, how does he end? He gets he gets dipped. And he gets he, dipped. Dies. he gets sprayed with it. He goes, oh, what a world! And Toontown, what a world! And Toontown is freed, and then like all the cartoons come spilling out of this hole in the yeah, wall. And like, big smile, darling. There's a great smile. scene where, where Benny 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 the Cap, Sister Benny the Mary Francis, Sister what the hell happened here? Yeah. I love the like that was one of my favorite things when I saw this as a kid was just sort of the casual swearing from the tune cartoon yeah. character. Yeah, like, Molly Ooh. and I were talking about this when he goes to the Ink and Paint Club yeah. and he he gets in with the with the gorilla yeah. the gorilla bodyguard and the guy's like, why is it? Like, is, is, that, is that the first time I heard that in a movie? I, don't oh, know. I, lo- I loved it. I was like nine or whatever. I was like, oh my God, these cartoons are swearing. It's so fucking great. Which then made me like really excited for Cool World when that came out. Oh, yeah, later. Cool World. That's, a problem. that's enough. That's that, it. That's enough. that was better than this. That's, yeah, right? <laughs> right? That's we all agree. Cool world, but yeah, uh, but it like, was definitely a cool world. But but watching it like in that part when the tunes come out and are like singing yeah. "Smile Down Your Smile" and it, and then like uh, the, the and then he's uh, Porky Pig is going like "All right, everybody move along," folks. and then he turns around and goes, "That's all, folks." I was tearing up. And then Tinkerbell <laughs> goes, and like, then you it's notice it's not like a deliberately move. I was just like, "This folks such a Tinkerbell great movie. wraps it up at the end of the, but at the end of the movie, it's because like both of them so at the Porky same Pig time. comes and does a thing, and then Tinkerbell goes boom, and it's like uh, you get uh, that's all, folks, and the Tinkerbell boing at yeah. the same exact time yeah because that's what they agreed on business yeah. wise what's Fucking your great. favorite cartoon gag in this movie God, that's uh, my favorite that's is I wish I wish, favorite I, is I wish I'd taken more notes when one of the weasels dies and his ghost comes out of him and he tries I, to pull yeah. the ghost back in <laughs> 
<laughs> oh no, but the, there's a, a there's a move. great weasel because there's the one in the straight jacket who was like my favorite one growing yeah. up, and he like he, his ghost is going up, and then he like he like looks at the camera and like laughs and yeah. then points the the dip cannon back towards <laughs> Roger and then goes <laughs> and then goes and then, and then goes he goes to, to heaven. Then he's goes evil, heaven. but he still gets to go to heaven because that's just such a great cartoon gag yeah. because he's you know it's just like. Uh, they're all pieces of shit there's no but also there's like there's no rules except for like well if it's funny it's a good gag you know if it's a good gag then like that's the only reason they exist so that's what they do exactly I do I do actually like love the love the part where Roger like uh, handcuffs himself to Hitty and he's like (laughs) Hitty Valiant you're under arrest (laughs) he like he laughs I just their whole interaction um, when he kisses him don't for, for, for starters, don't ever, don't ever do that again. again. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> the I mean, we're like, don't sell short the entire opening cartoon. Which is just like, which is just a comedy thing. Which is just a great cartoon that's like, from, could be from that period. The one, I love the bit in that when he's like, you know, they're mad at Roger because you're supposed to see stars, you're seeing birds. And he's like, I can give you stars. And he keeps hitting himself on the head. It's like, <laughs> it's now, a, it's never gets it right. now it's balloons. Now it's birds. And he just <laughs> never gets it right. This may he's be, a goddamn wreck. This maybe isn't my favorite cartoon gag, but like, there's a line of dialogue where Eddie's like, Eddie's like, Roger took off on me. And she's like, she's like, no, he didn't leave. I hit him over the head with a frying pan and put him in the trunk so he so wouldn't, wouldn't get hurt. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. She says it in such a perfect, it's Kathleen Turner doing her voice. She does this perfect deadpan. Like, I hit him over the head with a frying pan and put him in the trunk so he wouldn't, so he wouldn't get, get hurt. <laughs> uh, I'd have to say my favorite cartoon gag is like drawing, uh, is dr- points a finger towards the actual artistry of cartoons and that's the and it's also hilarious because it's the patty cake scene oh my god and it's all the different the, pictures the, yeah, the stop was, motion thing and he's yeah. flipping the pages and you get in the actual process it's like of a cartoon. Cartoon. it's a cartoon within this movie yeah, yeah. about patty cartoons cake, being flipped by a cartoon cake. also that joke but like the patty cake gag is so funny yes like <laughs> I did when I was a little kid I was like wow they're playing patty cake I don't get it <laughs> yeah. and Bob Hoskins is watching it when he's taking pictures and then he just puts the camera down and goes oh you gotta be kidding me <laughs> Like what the? Who are these people? That's exactly what, is this what shit? they're doing. I love it. It's unbelievable. All right, no, no, no. I got I got some quotes because like one of the fun things about this movie is how much freaking sex stuff is in it. Uh, <laughs> there's one I, I can't remember. My who, biscuits are burning. I think this is Bob Hoskins maybe talking to Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Yeah, because Roger Rabbit's talking about Jessica Rabbit, and she and he goes, "She's the apple of oh, my eye." Oh, can I say She's one the- one cartoon gag real quick before oh, yeah, I forget? Do it, do is it. that is that uh, there's a part where his pants are down around his ankles, and then uh, Dolores comes in and he pulls his pants up and he bonks his heads uh, his head on Jessica Rabbit's boobs and they go bong like like a like a like, bong, like a Rabbit. cartoon like a cartoon drummer boobs make this. Jessica Rabbit's sound. boobs are like a prominent character in this movie. Yeah. She appears like poking her foot first, and then shortly and then her after, tits come her through. tits yeah. come popping. Okay, anyway, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just I wanted to get that I, that boob gag. But anyways, quick. he's talking about the he's talking about Jessica Rabbit. The apple of and, my eye. And he's like, see the apple of my eye, the cream in my coffee. And then Bob Hoskins goes, you better start drinking it black because Acme's taking the cream now. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a part where um, this is this, that's a this dick is a, thing to say to him in yeah, the situation nice. too. You Eddie. don't you don't know how hard it is being a man. Oh, she she says you don't know how hard it is being a woman looking like I do. And then Bob yeah, Hoskins goes, "You don't know how hard it is being a man looking at a woman looking that way." <laughs> yeah, that's a boner joke. And yeah. then and then when he she and then when his uh, girlfriend we haven't figured out what Dolores. Dolores. Dolores well whatever the actor's name is Joanna Cassidy Joanna Cassidy oh, okay good. from Blade Runner. Uh, when like she just suspects that he's uh, fooling around with Jessica Rabbit, she goes dabbling in watercolors, Eddie. Yeah, I love it. And, <laughs> I found you with your pants around your ankles. 
And then at one point, Roger Rabbit refers to Jessica as his love cup. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah. I don't remember uh, that. Good God. Oh, also, there was something else I wanted to bring up was that Benny, Benny the Cab. Correct. Classic. Benny the Cab Driver in Total Recall a couple years later. Coincidence? Yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe. Maybe. Also, on a couple occasions, Jessica, uh, Jessica Rabbit implies that Roger Rabbit is really good at fucking. Yeah, yeah. it's so, true. And then at the end, he get the, one of the final shots is her smearing him down her boobs. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he like kind of looks at the camera and is like, I'm going to fuck her later. <laughs> <laughs> Please give me that pussy, you know, like sort of thing. <laughs> Roger Rabbit Fox. If I you think could it's do the important. Boom, if you could do, yeah, never mind. Pussy, I like that. I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do I, it. I'm no that guy Charles from Fleischer, Zodiac. Call us up, say pussy in the Robert, <laughs> Roger Rabbit voice. We'll give you, a, you know, a White Claw or something. Benny the Cab we'll is great. Is a great character too. Who's a cab? Who's a cartoon cab that drives him all over the place? Classic. Like, yeah, he's, he's awesome. Like, I'm, I'm driving. I'm driving. No, I'm driving. There, there are two points in the movie where that cab is in another car too. Yeah, he's driving he's a car. First found There's, in a in the back of a Later paddy he wagon. Drives a car. So, and then he drives a car. And there's a shot earlier in the movie where he's walking around the uh, the movie studio and there's the brooms from Fantasia holding actual brooms and yeah. sweeping and there's a janitor like playing playing the, the saxophone so they'll do it. And they're but the brooms aren't bruising themselves as brooms. They're using actual brooms. And I'm like I'm like I fucking love it. The cartoons that are the thing are using the fucking thing that they are. So much shit in this movie. I got I'm I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray as soon as I get it. Yeah, there's like so much stuff in the background. It's just incredible. So I don't know. I mean, this I'm one, sure everyone this listening to this has seen this movie before. If you haven't seen it recently or in a while, watch it again. You're not. If you've be never seen it, fucking watch it for sure. Oh, for God's sake! Um, I mean, come on. But uh, yeah, I mean, this was one. I remember we were talking about it, and we were like, Travis was. We were ta- we were discussing what we wanted to do for this podcast, and you were like, we can figure out a way to get Roger Rabbit on this podcast, right? And I'm like. Sure. Fuck yeah, we can. It's a murder mystery <laughs> it's got, there. It's got murders in it. Multiple. So, uh, so I'm glad we did, too, because I got to watch Devil in a Blue Dress, which is a fucking, fucking great movie. So, um, yeah. Ratings on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Five uh, Juds. Yeah. I mean. I mean, come on. I'm yeah. going to give it two and a half Douglases. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because it's got a lot of pervy shit in it. And it's funny as hell. Uh, and then I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 uh summarily executed shoes. Damn it! God damn it! <laughs> oh, I'm sure what, you can think of something else. That's what I was gonna do. Uh, all right. Um, well, I'm uh, I'm gonna give it. It's fucking five judges. This is a, it's a masterpiece. God damn! This is a miracle. Is it Zemeckis' best movie? I think so. I mean, I I like. I, it's up there. It's it, but for me, it's between this and like Back to the Future. Probably, and I think this just this like, is better than Back to the Future. This is this is aged, for me. This is aged. This movie is aged perfectly. I'm a big Contact fan. I do like Contact, but it's not. Great. This is this, yeah. this is a movie that's dated. Contact has a lot of problems like, still, right. but like this one has zero. Most, problems. most of his movies have problems. You know how some movies can be dated in a way where you're like, that doesn't work anymore. This movie's dated in a way where that's like that. That works, works even way better, better now. Yeah. That's like, even that's, better now. It's the kind of thing you go. I wish they would make movies like this because we don't get any yeah. of that shit now. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We said we get Detective Pikachu. Yeah, right. Yeah. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, I'm giving it. I'm going to go all the way up. I'm going to go all the way up to three Douglases on this. Because okay. it's, it's just really smutty. For patty cake. It's a PG movie, but it's just like Jessica Ra- Rabbit is entirely sex. She's yeah. just a, all boobs and legs and ends up having more nuance to the character than you would expect. That's one of the fun things about it. But she's yeah. just like, it's bo- this movie is boob crazy and it's sex crazy. And that's what's fun. There's a scene where. Uh, <laughs> Great Eddie, job getting it, Kathleen Turner from Body Heat. Oh, too. hell yeah. yeah. Basically, playing that character. Uncredited. 
credited, but then quickly was revealed it was Kathleen Turner, so yeah. everybody remembers her from this now. There's a scene when where Eddie's like in the bar and he's he's about to make Roger Rabbit flip out to escape, and Dolores is behind him, and he drops below the bar and grabs Dolores by her like shirt front right, and her pulls boobs. her down, and it's just filled with little details or like that where you're like the people that made this were horny. Uh, <laughs> this movie fucks, <laughs> and I'm gonna give it two uh, cars in cars. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean five, five, five Douglas or five Juds. If we can go, we go higher. I just go six Juds. Oh, six Juds. Oh, wow. God. This this movie. I mean, I think it's this is like one of those movies. that's just like a perfect movie in my yeah. mind. Um, and I'm I'm gonna go two and a half uh, Douglases. It's 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 yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty. Sm- it's it's actually kind of like sleazier it's, it's than the other two movies. Probably in a cute way. The other one. Yeah, that was I mean, all in a cute way. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but it's but it's all like but it is like like you but said like when Jessica even... Rabbit shows up, it is about like how like this lady is just a fucking. Sexy. I mean, she said there's a line where she says, "I'm not bad. I'm just, just drawn, drawn that way." way. We're not. Yeah. We didn't even mention that scene when she goes flying. The famous scene where she goes flying out of the cab and like people that bought laser discs right. the first time froze, you could freeze, freeze frame it and it had a bush or whatever. Apparently, uh, give you an idea what. Everybody that made this movie had on their minds. <laughs> oh boy! Um, and I'm gonna give it uh, two bongo boobs. <laughs> yeah. Wow! <laughs> two, cartoon, two cartoon bongo boobs. Fucking a. Uh, Good so, stuff. So yeah, so that's uh, who framed Roger Rabbit. I love it. Well, next time we're not gonna be discussing movies that I think I'm gonna like, but I haven't seen. Oh no! I haven't seen any. Well, I've seen next, one of them. Next episode is our 20th episode, so we're gonna do a little bit of a benchmark episode. So we're gonna do three Douglases. Three Douglases. Three Douglases. Disclosure: oh. a perfect murder. Oh. And don't say a word. I can't oh, wait for don't God. say a word. It sucks. <laughs> I have seen. How bad does it suck? I'll never tell. I'll never <laughs> okay, and, on that, on, and that. on that note, until next time, the suspense is killing us. Bye. Bye. Bye.